Blog Talk Radio. Comments expressed on the J. King Network contain mature content and may be deemed as offensive in nature. However, they may not reflect the same views held by the network itself. So please, use discretion when tuning in. Good morning, everybody. My name is J. King. Welcome to Kings in the Morning. With me is my co-host, the Mushroom Man, Big Fred. Good morning, Dre. With me is my co-host, the Mushroom Man, Big Fred. Big Fred in the house. Y'all have a great day here on the uh, J. King Show. Y'all going to have to put your seatbelts on because this is some crazy stuff, y'all. Brother Reverend Ali. Papa J was mute in phones. When he heard it was gone. And he didn't mind, no, he didn't mind my mute song. Well, let me sing it again. Papa Jay was mute in phones. Oh, he And he didn't mind, no, he didn't mind my mute song. <laughs> Good morning, Shirley Brown. Good morning, Val Seen Young. Good morning, Willie Zinn. Um, Fred, when when he's doing his song, you ain't supposed to say nothing. The same reason nobody says anything when you're doing yours. So shut the fuck up when okay. he's doing his mute song. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nigga been told already, Jay. He been told five times. Not today, this nigga need to be clipped What you gonna do? What my ass, nigga? What you gonna do? What my ass, motherfucker? That's right. I'm gonna fuck you up, nigga. I'm gonna steal your teeth from you, nigga. Make sure you can't find them. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's playing us against one another, man. You know, it's all good. You're playing yourself, Fred. You've been told to shut the fuck up during people's introduction. You keep running your motherfucking mouth. You need your ass whooped, Fred. That ain't going to happen. That's going to happen. That's going to happen, nigga. Go get your ass. Hey, I'm going to be in and out today. I got to go down here to CPS and try to uh, get some shit started with my grandkids. So I'm going to be in and out. Go ahead, Jay. No, just be out, nigga. Don't be in. Just keep going, nigga. Why? Why? What is going on? Good morning, Fred makes goddamn noise. He be making noise in the background, Jay, talking to folks. 
all kind of shit. He just a fuck up. He's not a radio type of dude. Man, ain't nobody in here with me, man. What the fuck is your problem, dude? You be fucking up, Fred. All right, man, I'm supposed to go in a meeting with CPS. Man, I'm trying to fight for my grandkids. I ain't got time for your shit now. But get your punk up. ass off the phone. What would you call info anyway, nigga? Good morning, I'm letting my brother know what's going on with me, fool. You could have texted him that, nigga. Oh, you remember I can't spell the school burned down. Nigga, your motherfucking phone and hands burned down too, nigga. Let me see. I'll be in Sacramento on the first through the fourth. I'm gonna come. I'm gonna see you, nigga. Nigga, I'm in San Diego, (laughs) nigga. Well, I I think I I got a layover in LAX. LAX. Now I'm gonna come over here and fuck you up. You're gonna be on. What's you're gonna be on Dateline, nigga. San Diego is a hundred and some odd miles from from LA. Oh, okay. So I can't go to Figueroa a, or none of them places. That's all right. I'll drive down there, Jay, and fuck his ass up at the airport. We'll be on the news. <laughs> You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, Fred slapped inside here when the mitt he got. It might, it might be a problem. Nigga, Fred gonna hit the ground. As soon as I see him, I'm gonna go left and I'm gonna trick him and go back right and punch that nigga right in his eye. Pow! I ain't, I ain't Mary, I ain't none of them that you get into. You gonna, with. I know you ain't. You gonna get your man. ass whooped, nigga. This you gonna be like that man. nigga on the docks over there in Alabama. Only thing is, I'm gonna have the chair smacking your ass upside your bald head. <laughs> Okay, I got to go in this office. I'll talk to y'all in the corner. Bye, nigga. Take it. All right. Ali, Damn. Ali, you, <laughs> why, why are you so mean to Fred? Fred is full of shit. Fred was singing through on my song, J. King. What are you talking about? I, I know, but I, I put I put him on check. He he, he didn't he didn't go negative against us. He said, okay. No, that and nigga, he said, he said okay because he'd been told... Jay, if if you told somebody six or seven times the same shit, you know you finna go off on them. Good morning, Johnny Davis. I seen you do it. <laughs> he has changed. Jay Jay has changed. Thank you. Jay ain't changed. Jay got worse. That's what happened. <laughs> Where's Snookapool at? Where's Snookapool? Nick, I thought you had a meeting to go to, nigga. Go ahead. I was laying possible uh, to see what you motherfuckers was going to say about me when I left the room. Um, um, John, John Bickman said it warms my heart that Ali is an equal opportunity murderer. Good morning, Kenji Smurf. I want you to stop reading that nigga's uh, notes and shit to me. That nigga's a faggot. You need to leave me the fuck alone. Well, I see how this um, therapy Thursday is going to go. Good morning, Lavish <laughs> and all King Family Wonderfuls. My goodness. Good morning. You just a, a motherfucker he opened the phone for, nigga. You ain't a host, so shut up. <laughs> I am a co-co host. Yes. She I'm quite is, aware. She, she is a co-co. And, well, really, she's a co-host in a way because she's like Six Eyes' proxy. Uh, Six Eyes, you know. Yeah. Good morning, Byron. I said you. I gave you credit. I said you were his proxy. In other words, you could you could speak for him. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if I, I should be a thank you. 
Well, all right then. Thank you. Uh, Adele Bernie, you'll be happy to know that the next show I do for uh, – and let me tell you guys, if you haven't downloaded the um, iHeartRadio app, download the iHeartRadio app today and then search for the J. King Show and then follow the J. King Show. And every time I have a new show that comes on on KBLA, you'll be able to listen to it or download it if you like. I'm going to do um, – my next show is going to be on the Let's Get It On album by Marvin Gaye because there's a, some wild stories there. You know, when Marvin does um, What's Going On, uh, Anna is, um, is really integral in getting Marvin to record What's Going On, Anna Gaye. Anna Gaye is Anna Gordy Gaye. So she's really Barry Gordy's sister. And when Anna marries Marvin, Anna is 41 and Marvin is 24. So Anna Gay is uh, 17 years older than Marvin. So when Marvin gets ready to record the Let's Get It On album, Marvin is turning 34 and Anna is turning 51, and Marvin meets a young girl named Janice Hunter in the studio who's about six feet tall. Her mother's a white woman who happens to be friends with Ed Townsend, who's working with Marvin on the Let's Get It On album. And so her daughter is mixed race. Her name is Janice Hunter, and she's 17 years old. You have the iHeartRadio app. So Marvin's wife, yeah, and finding a mother figure. So Marvin's wife is 17 years older than him, and his new girlfriend is going to be 17 years younger than him. And this is going to be what is what affects Marvin's life from 34 years old to his death at 45. So for the next 11 years, this will be the torture of his life. But Let's Get It On will be the beginning of, the, you know, the, the most prolific time of his career will be where the greatest downfall to his person happens. So it's going to be a good, it's going to, it's going to be good. You guys are going to really like um, to find it. And some of the information is going to be really cool, probably information you didn't know. But uh, good morning to everybody. It's Thursday, August 17th, and um, I'm going to do the daily word. Brother Reverend Ali is going to do uh, the word of the day. Yes, Jeff, Jeff Carlin Marvin was very flexible for a lot of different reasons. Good morning, Michelle Neal, a.k.a. DJ Shelly Shell. Good morning, Lee Fletcher. So on Thursday, August 17th, 2023, the daily word is inner peace, I-N-N-E-R-P-E-A-C-E. I live, move, and breathe in peace. Peace is the watchword of my heart. Even in times of conflict, the chaos, I can remain calm because I choose peacefulness. 
Through quiet times of prayer, I release tension or worry. With each beat of my heart, I affirm peace is flowing through me. I let tranquility flow through me to bless the people and situations in my life. Rather than letting outside factors um, control how I feel, I trust my intuition and guidance and respond with wisdom and grace. My serene attitude lends calmness to any situation, helping me cope with uncertainty and contributing harmony to all. Peace is a choice I make again and again. No circumstance or thing has the power to take it away. I live with grace and gratitude from the depths of my heart. Today's Bible verse is Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Brother Reverend Ali, Mm -hmm. good morning, fat boy, a.k.a. Stephen Alexander. What is the word of the day? OG, the word of the day is comment, spelled C-O-M-M-E-N-T. And the definition for comment is a verbal or written remark expressing an opinion or reaction. Let me see if I can use that in a sentence. If J. King read one more comment by John Beckman, Jay's going to prison and John Beckman's going to get murdered. Comment. <laughs> Good morning, Daphne. Good morning, Daphne. You know what? Yeah, I, I know it's early in the morning, but I'm going to tell you all what Ali needs. Ali needs a good dose of some Boston over A fiber.
about bossa nova music that uh that calls the savage beast and uh i think that it calms it puts a calming effect on brother reverend ali brother reverend ali you so calm now yeah that's billy beck congratulations keith harrison on august 26th he's receiving the midwest funk award in columbus ohio Good morning, Tasha Wilson. Uh, that's that's wonderful. Um, I played um, I played uh, uh, the guy you asked me about the other day, and I really like his record. I played it on um, I know I played it on uh, this album is going to get you all kinds of leg on it. Oh my god. Um, What's the guy's name you just asked me about, Sequoia? I gotta find this record. I gotta find this record. I really like him. I gotta find out where I put it. Did I put it on King in the Morning? How are you this morning, uh, Tasha? How are things with you, Tasha Wilson? Uh, Tasha, is this your first time tuning in to King in the Morning? Because if it is, I gotta. It, it, I just want to know by show of hands. Um, Madison Ryan Ward. Okay. By show of hands, how many people uh, are listening to Kings in the Morning for the first time? If you're listening to Kings in the Morning, just say I am, because I have to do a disclaimer. Um. Because um, this is a um, horrible show. <coughs> it's a horrible show you. if you're looking for political correctness. It's a great show. No, um, um, Michael Niner Jordan, you listen all the goddamn time. You listen all the time. John Beckman, you're a liar. Good morning, Kyle. That's my cousin, uh, Nathaniel Riley is my cousin. Thank you, um, Dre. Uh, I'm doing well. No, I've spoken to you directly. You gave me advice on my musical direction, and this is a fabulous show. Thank you, Tasha. Tasha, can you leave a ditch in the comments? (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Michael Nina Jordan. Blessings unto you, cousin. Now, my cousin, Nathaniel, he is a preacher. He is a real preacher. Um, thank you, Daphne. Nate, okay, I remember Nate when he was just a little squirt. No, I'm Johnny Beck. Beckman is my brother. No, 
John John Beckman, you that CTE. I can't even say cuss words because my my cousin in here right now.
Um, yes, she can sing. Whenever I can find new, new music, new artists, I love um, I love finding them. And I love that people um, will tell me, um, like a, a, a Sequoia, and say, hey, have you heard this? Have you heard? And she's back. a girl named Tula and, and Madison Ryan.
That's Trula and Madison Ryan Ward, Till It Kills Me. I don't know anything about the song other than I just bought it. Um, and, and I just bought it because I was looking at her album, and then it said latest release. But um, Madison Ryan um, has sang on different songs for different people. She's a beautiful young lady, um, and uh, she can, you know, beautiful voices. Music, I don't know how important music is in your life. But for me, music is everything. I go to sleep to music. I listen to music every night. I'm in bed. I'm listening to music. When I wake up in the morning, I wake up to music. Um, no, it, that's not Christian music. I'm burning. It was just, if you listen to lyrics, it was, you know, she was just talking about love, loving somebody, even irrespective. Um, oh, they're, they're both faith-based singers. Oh, thank you, Tasha Wilson. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Michael Nana Jordan said, this goes to show you that color has nothing to do with singers, with soul. Good morning, Zoila. So research has shown that listening to music can reduce anxiety, blood pressure, and pain, as well as improve sleep quality, mood, mental alertness, and memory. So I want to ask you guys a question. Fred, are you still here? Or are you, um, um, I'll start with you, Smitchy Smurf. Smitchy Smurf, do you listen to music yeah. when you go to sleep? Do you sleep to music? Um, not every night, but throughout okay. the week, yes. Okay. What about you, Ali? Do you sleep to music? No, I don't sleep to music, especially any of that whack music, because it, it affects the sleeping, uh, it affects the throat, and it affects the legs when you wake up if it's whack. <laughs> so I just, so I sleep to music every night, and that lets you know the difference between Ali and I and why he is exactly who and what he is. Research has shown that listening to music can reduce anxiety. And as you know, Ali has high anxiety on this show. Blood pressure, I believe that's why his back is all fucked up. And pain, which is in his back, as well as improved sleep quality. So he's not in his mood and mental alertness. Um, Tasha said they're, they're thinking about God. They have YouTube channel for Bible verses. I know music helps me relax and sleep. And that guy, Ali, is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, um, Ali needs an enema. So he can flush no, I don't need no enema. Out. I drank my piss. I drank my piss. I don't need no enema. Piss bring it all out. Listening to or making music increases blood flow to brain regions that generate and control emotions. The limbic system, which is involved in processing emotions and controlling memory, lights up when our ears perceive music. John Beckman said, Ali sleeps with vegetables all around his ass, and it pisses him off. Because I know deep down inside, he ate meat. Uh -uh. <laughs> that's why you going to prison, Jay, and he going to die. 
<laughs> Every time y'all say something, keep on. <laughs> I'm just reading. I'm just reading comments. You already, you got 22 years already. We're going to give you your choice of prison, too, whichever one you want to go to. What would the world be like without music? The world would be a very quiet place. Yeah, it probably would, but I'll I'll just come visit you in prison. Our life without melodies and harmonies would be totally empty. Listening to and playing different tunes helps us to remove stress, relax, and it can also motivate us in trying times. Music has the ability to convey all sorts of emotions. Music will help you to not be like Ali and just mean and mad and nasty all the time like a stick is stuck in your butt. Noted. What is the main purpose of music? Music accomplishes many things. It has practical utility that can be applied to many endeavors. It can be used to communicate information and emotions. It plays a substantial role in culture. It provides entertainment. It gives people an outlet to be creative. It helps us understand beauty. It has value on its own. It helps us to understand why we're so peaceful. And Ali is always mad because he fights music because a stick is in his butt. Well, if that's happening, that's because of all that whack-ass music you didn't play on the radio. It's affected me. Here are 12 key reasons why music is important to everyone. Music is the key to creativity. It is the language of the universe. It brings people together. Focus. Memory. It inspires people expressing our feelings. It improves cognitive abilities. It separates happy people from Ali. We need do we need music to survive? I want to agree with you on that, Jay, about Mr. Mean. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. Typically, our brains release dopamine during behavior that's essential to survive, sex, essential to survival, sex or eating. This makes sense. It's an adaption, adaptation that encourages us to do more of these behaviors, but music is not essential in the same way. Um, uh, that's real talk. Music is. I don't. I don't know what I would do if I didn't. If I didn't have music, I have to listen to music. Mm-hmm. You do things without music. You sit up here and read negative comments against me. That's what you do when you ain't listening to music. <laughs> I'm not 
mean, Ali, I'm just, I'm just, I think people can see that. People know you don't listen to music. No, that's not it, Jay. You throwing it out there for him, and then and then you reading Christie's shit. No, your attitude says. uh, I wasn't even talking, Jay. I'm sitting up here quiet on mute, and you reading some shit Christie said talking about the twelve steps of music. (laughs) (laughs) I said it's informative. He said he's going to visit you in jail, Jay. He might be in the cell next door to you. That's what Michael and I George said. I'll be with you, Michael and Jordan. But you keep throwing them sliders, I'm going to have to come get you. <laughs> Say one more thing, Michael Dollar Jordan. <laughs> Does music heal the soul? Does music heal the soul? Music has a powerful ability to help us heal and cope with difficult times. It can reduce stress, anxiety, depression, and even physical pain by releasing endorphins, listening to Uplifting music or singing alone can also boost our moods by increasing serotonin levels in the brain. Are there any humans that do not like music? One, Ali. In Hendonia, a neurological condition where people okay, don't Johnny. enjoy music affects 5% of the population. Brother Reverend Ali is one of those people. See, you you and Johnny, y'all niggas going to be in the same prison. They're going to send you out to Spokane, Jay, for prison. You're going to be close to Robert Redwine. Um, Do you know that music is the only thing that you're going to encounter in your lifetime, that will be able to jettison you back in time, if only for a second. Even you, Ali, will hear an old song that could move your soul, believe it or not. <laughs> Why, thank you, Jay. I didn't know that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm just trying to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you get that. Well, how how are you listening to music on the on the, on the way to sleep and then bed and all that, but you still going to prison? I don't understand. Who said I was going to prison? Because you did. You keep reading the negative comments talking about music. I don't know. You kind of conflicting the two, J King. Well, well, I mean, I don't want you to go. I don't. I don't want you to go to hell, but you, but you seem to want to go. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to go to hell, but you seem to want to go to hell. Ali, even my breakup songs are happy. The, the breakup songs is happy. Well, play one. Play that one. Let's get married. Uh, that one. I like that one. I'm gonna play a break. I'm gonna play you a breakup song. No, play that one you played, man. The one you wrote for Reese and uh, Rosie. Play that one. I like that one.
Like a blow up doll in your monthly prison. Uh, that's what Michael Niner Jordan wanted to know. Would you, if you were in prison, would you like a blow up doll? Ali. I done told you, Michael Niner Jordan, you've been being killed. I, I said you can't just stop. I'm going to come after you. You know, you already looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy. I don't know why you want to fuck with me. <laughs> So that was so. Um, he he laughed. He thought that was funny. So that was a true story. That was um. So I wrote that record, and Lori Lee, and me and Lori were still together. When I wrote when I wrote that record, we were still together. Um, Michael, I make sure it's a male. I make sure. <laughs> uh, John Beckman said, "If you have the blow up doll." Make sure it's a male blow up doll though. He he said that you wouldn't you wouldn't oh. like it. See that? That's what I mean. Yeah, that's why John ain't gonna never see a blow up doll ever again. His ass gonna be dead. He why gonna be a dead you, why dog. Why are you saying that John Beckman is gonna be dead? Yeah, because he look all the shit he talking. He talking. I told that nigga to leave me alone. He keep fucking with me. So that nigga gonna be a dead dog somewhere in a trash can somewhere behind Walmart. <laughs> why Walmart? Why yeah? Why Walmart? <laughs> well, you know people get away around Walmart. Uh, okay. Michael Niner Jordan said he tried to be a friend. This ain't working out. Try hard at King Michael Niner Jordan. Um, but relationships are relationships are interesting. And um, if you want this song, um, Dre, uh, t- um, tell me right now what what's your um, type your email address in there right now, and I'll send it to you. Our love must end today. Oh, how I love your way. We end in peace. What more can I say? Oh, how I love your way. Hey, 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 hey. You are more than love to me. You are how I want to be. Giving unconditionally. All you had inside. Forgive my approach to love. I just hadn't learned enough to respect the precious touch that you once made mine. So I'm feeling sad today. Oh, how I love your way. Mm-hmm. 
Can't help but smile when I see your face. Oh, how I love your ways. You know, somebody got to be an awfully good person to um, for it to end and for you to say, you know what, I can't say nothing but good shit about you. Because people are in relationships with people that they can't, that they can't muster up good shit to say about. So for you to be with somebody and for it to end, and you say, you know what, I can't say nothing but good shit about you. That's a wonderful thing. Ali, have you ever broke up with anybody and you can't find nothing but good things to say about them? None of your business. <laughs> I ain't telling y'all shit. You ain't getting nothing on me no more. Thanks. <laughs> what do we do to you, Rob? What do we do to you, Ali? I told y'all about my back. Y'all made jokes about it for two years now. You've been stumping on my back. Are we stomping on your back? Truly, Y'all trying to kill me off. Want me to go down there with Levi. <laughs> trying to How are we trying to kill you off? Good morning, Akbar. <laughs> I'll I just ask you if you ever, if there's anybody that you, that you just love, you know, so much that you said, you know what? You know, I, I love, I, I just love your way. No, hell no. I ain't never did that. They ain't never the girl the girl ain't shit, she ain't shit even after I'm with her. But what if you loved her and she was shit until you got mad at her? No, no, that love descending love disintegrates. Once I'm done with her, all the love and everything go out the door with it. So you can't say nothing, you can't find nothing. Uh, Snitchy Smirk, have you ever been with somebody and you said, you know what, and you can at least find something good about them? Snitchy yeah. Smurf only had two relationships her whole life. <laughs> and, I got, and I got something good to say about each. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I sent Ali a cane, but I'm thinking now it's time a wheelchair for his sorry ass. That's what Beckman said. Uh, Mark says, when, he thinks, when he thinks of his childhood, he has fond memories of his back not hurting. Uh, Shelly mm-hmm. said, he don't want to tell us because she was a fat girl. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hey, J. King, I want you to take note. Uh-oh. I want you to take note to all the comments <laughs> you're reading, Jay, so when all the motherfuckers end up dead, you can tell them why on your show. <laughs> Don't kill our sister Shelly. It's not nice. But um, yeah, get her ass. Are you mad because Shelly busting out that it was a fat girl? No, Shelly gonna get her leg chopped off. I'm gonna feed it to some motherfucking pigs and shit. Oh Lord. She gonna be a one leg Shelly. One leg Shelly. One leg, Shelly. 
All right, let's get to, let's get to this show. Pilot dies in bathroom on Miami flight, carrying 271 passengers. An airline pilot died collapsing in the bathroom of a Miami to Chile flight with 271 passengers on board. Captain Ivan Andar began feeling unwell three hours into the LATAM Airlines flight from Florida to Santiago. And after collapsing in the bathroom, he received emergency treatment from the crew. The flight took 30 minutes to divert to Panama City's Tucumán International Airport, and first responders declared Andar, a 25-year veteran pilot, dead when the plane landed. The LA-505 flight, which was operating a Boeing 787-Dreamliner, left Miami at 10.11 p.m. on Monday, August 14th, and also had a release captain and first officer on board when the incident took place. LATAM Airlines Group reports that flight LA505 yesterday, which was on the Miami-Santiago route, had to land in the Tucumán International Airport in Panama due to a medical emergency for one of the three members of the command crew. When the plane landed, emergency services provided life-saving help, but the pilot sadly passed away, the airline said in a statement. We are deeply moved by what has happened, and we extend our sincere condolences to the family of our employee. We are deeply grateful for his 25-year career as he is valuable contribution, which was always distinguished by his dedication, professionalism, and dedication. Whoever wrote this fucked up, distinguished by his dedication, professionalism, and dedication. During the flight, all the necessary safety protocols were carried out to safeguard the life of the affected pilot. He was only 56 years old. Jay, if I cut off Ali's arms and legs and throw his ass in the pool, guess what his new name would be? Bob, um, Shelly said, one swipe with my fat leg and it's over for a year. Um, Jeff Carlin said, dang, that's interesting because pilots have to have a full medical every year to maintain their license. In the U.S., in the U.S., airline pilots require a medical certificate that must be renewed annually for anyone under 40, and every six months for those over the age of 40. So you, so that's right what you said. Um, I'm gonna tell you guys right now. Uh, Fly spirit if you want to. Fly spirit if you want to. Every trip in an airplane is a roll of the dice, whether or not you'll encounter bad turbulence. Changes in air currents in the skies are as common as waves on the sea. But when those currents are really strong, they can make, they can make for a brutal ride. Spirit airline passenger Mimi Irwin lost that dice roll on Friday while setting off from Atlanta. Flying through foul weather, the flight hit severe turbulence that caused the plane to drop midair. As the pilot lurched 
downward amid the turbulence. The dark cabin full of screaming passengers made the flight feel like the Tower of Terror. Thankfully, everyone was strapped in, and nobody seemed to have been hurt amidst the rocky chaos. At least the turbulence was no big surprise here. Allie, the woman behind the camera, reported that the flight had already been severely delayed. Um, let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever flown on a flight, Ali, where um, where it, it was real shaky and and you felt like the, the plane might go, go down? Have you ever flown on a yeah, flight? Yeah, it happened, it happened on a flight from San Diego to L.A. when I was 11, and that was the last time I flew. <laughs> well. Jeff Carlin said, I used to be a pilot, Jay. I tried starting my own business called Uline. Not many takers, so I had to shut down. Jeff, Only Jeff Carlin can make that joke because he's Jewish. Don't try to do it because he did it. You'll be called anti-Semitic. Um, what about you, Snitchy Smurf? You ever been on a flight like that? Yes. Um, leaving here, going to, um, uh, excuse me, to uh, Philadelphia. It was It was really bad. Uh, turbulence, and I thought it was the end for about three minutes or so. Felt like three hours. So let me tell you guys. One day I was on a flight going from LA to Houston, and um, everything was fine. And then the uh, the pilot came over to intercom and said. We're cruising at an altitude of 33,000 feet, and uh, things have been calm thus far. However, we are about to encounter some turbulence. I would like to ask everyone to please buckle yourself in, and uh, for the next 15, 20 minutes, we're going to be in turbulence. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, and we're just going to get through this turbulence, and uh, Get you to Houston safely. Thank you. And he and uh and he came off the the thing, and then all of a sudden, and I mean, it was shaking. It was shaking really hard, and it was going back and forth. And it was this old black woman. What's up, Anthony? What's happening, Mister Underwood? Um. And it started shaking really bad. I mean, and it, and it didn't start moving, bouncing. And there was this old black lady on the plane. And she said, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, Lord. <laughs> and she said, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, for 20 goddamn minutes. And, you know, my thing was, um, if this plane going to go down, ain't shit we can do about it. So all I did was lay back in my seat, cross my arms, and I just went to sleep. I was like, there ain't no need for me. It don't make no sense for me to get, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, oh, Lord, oh, Jesus, all out. Um, just if I'm dying, 
It don't make no sense. If I'm gonna die, I got to get, I got to get my I got to get in the peace. I got to get in the peace of dying. You didn't say, oh, Lord, not one time? I didn't say none of it. I pray before the plane take off every time I take off. Dear God, accompany us home for under your kindness. I ask you, Lord, to please help us have a safe flight, Lord. Please forgive me for any of my sins. Please look out for my family and my friends, my kids in particular. I love you, and I thank you in your son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. So I don't have to pray. Once I'm up there, I already did it. So I just lay down. I just lay back and went to sleep. And then, it, but she was so loud. I mean, she was a black woman with. She had the gray hair. She and she was like. I mean, she was. She was in the church. She was one of them church ladies. Like she was all the way in the church like this. Like just like this, she was in the church like this. I could just tell by the way she said, "Oh Lord, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Lord, oh Lord, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Lord, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Lord, oh Jesus, 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 oh Lord, oh Jesus, 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 the Lord, oh Jesus." Um, Anthony Underwood said, "Flying from Chicago to Terre Haute." On a prop plane, we hit an air pocket 100 feet in the air. Everyone on the plane wished they had adult diapers on. Um, John Beckman said, I forgive you, Jay, for calling me a confederate. Just don't do it again. Uh, John Beckman, why wouldn't I call you a confederate when, in fact, you have a little confederate in you? That don't make no sense. Of course I'm going to call you a confederate. Uh, woman pops a squat and pees in the middle of Spirit Airlines flight. I'm fully convinced that after the shit show year that was 2020, people completely forgot how to act in public, especially in airports and airlines. It feels like every week I'm reading about some psychotic nonsense someone is trying to pull on a plane from people losing their minds to the point where they have to get duct tape to a seat until the flight ends to all-out brawls, a woman claiming that a motherfucker is not real while on board a flight. I feel like I've seen it all at this point. According to airline.net, this one all went down on Spirit Airlines back on July 20th. It was all caught on video. As the passenger blamed the flight attendant for not allowing her to use the restroom. Good morning, Jenna Marie. Here's what she said. I need to piss. Shit, for two hours you tell me I can't piss. You close the doors. Say hello to the camera for me. Sure enough, the woman does her business, pulls her pants back up like nothing ever happened. I mean, if you're going, so I'm going to show you guys what this woman did right here. I need to be in two hours. You tell me you cannot, you close the door. Just you say know, hello to the door. The brain, the brain is stop you. I cannot hold the piece. Well, you can do whatever you want. You can shut the water. Your husband, my health is better than me. You drink water, so just keep smoking. 
courtesy, respect, and kindness. It's crazy that they're above everybody else and their time is more important than yours. It's really sad. Um, the interesting thing is this. Good morning, Daria now. Is that um, she, you know, she wanted to pee. And, and there was this thing that we used to have when I grew up. And maybe some of you guys grew up and you might remember it. It was called customer service. And, and customer service the customer was always right. And even on flights, you know, flight attendants knew to take care of the customers. And, um, but we don't have customer service anymore. Customers aren't important. Mm-hmm. Um, what's important now, uh, um, see, I don't know what's important now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what – we have become so politically correct on one side and politically and then people incorrect on the other side. That's why, you know, I remember when comedians can make a joke about anything. I remember when, um, when we could um, – when as a customer people wanted to please you. Uh, Jeff Aroni said, I've had to pee really bad on a plane several times. She had a point. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, when I have to pee on a plane, I pee and not on myself. Um, Ali wanted me to play this record. Oh, hold on. Let me see. Melly Mel, um, Melly Mel apologized for um, – Melly Mel apologized for uh, let me I got, I gotta find it. Melly Mel apologized. Melly Mel responds back to I'm trying to find out what where the Melly Mel apologized to um to Eminem. I'll find it in a minute. But this is uh how to get set. This is a metabolism killer. This is a metabolism Man, so everybody saw what happened out there in Montgomery. Fucking mess. Fucking mess. Oh my god. Now I just found out about it today because I've been in a zone for some other stuff, but I did see the the, the um, New York subway one. It was, it was worth, definitely worth that because somebody got hit with Listen, man. People who are shit starters I want to let you know when we start shit with one another and we are of different races it can turn into something awful Mm. two black people fighting each other two white people fighting each other 
people look at it differently than when a black person fighting a white person or a white person fighting a black person. When we fight amongst each other and we have different race, it is something different. And all kinds of things start to kick in mentally that they train you not to think about. But if you see if you see four white guys jumping on a black guy, your your brain is going to process that differently. If you see, if a white guy sees, I mean, if a, a bunch of white people see four black guys jumping on a white guy, they're going to process it differently. What I'm trying to make sure everybody understands is all of the stuff they tell us not to talk about and not to cope with and not to understand is setting everything up for one day a disaster to happen amongst the motherfuckers that ain't got shit. That's what I looked at. It's the people who ain't got shit. We are very sensitive, no matter how much we do dirt, no matter how much we whatever, when we see somebody jumping on our race, and I'm saying every race, we all go to the help of our race. Right. So with all of the problems that we are not united on in this country, it can turn into a fucking massacre. Just know that. Just know that. Now, to talk about the shit, in my opinion, that was some shit that I felt like didn't give, it didn't get its proper credit for. When that boy swam across that river, that was a revolutionary moment in American history. I'm pretty sure it's going to I heard some people knocking him. Whatever. You're going to get something either way. You're going to get bad negative. I'm going to pause that here. here. I didn't know that people were knocking that boy, but just to let everybody know here, that was a great act. He went and you saw in the bottom mini video that he swam across shore here to help that man who... Okay, so let me tell you guys why the guy swam across. So I'm going to tell you guys, first of all, you know, the reason why I waited to talk about it is because I wanted to see because people try to make it racial. And the reason why, you know, it turned racial because, as Corey said, you know, if, a, if white people see a bunch of blacks or a bunch of Asians or Hispanic, a bunch of anybody jumping on a white guy, they're going to go to hell. If black people see a bunch of somebody jumping on a black guy, they're going to go to hell. People want to help their race. That, that's just, that's innate in us. But that don't make it racial. Now, it, it ended up into a racial affair because you had black and white, black defending black, white defending white, from the, from, the, from, the, um, from the purview that we're looking at it. But that's not what it was. So first let me go back and address the guy who's swimming across the, swimming across the water to, to, the, to the dock. He worked with the black guy that's being jumped on. So he was he was swimming to help his his uh, workmate. There's when they jump on the black guy. There's a white kid standing next to the white guy. I mean to, to the black guy, and he gets punched too. He's 16 because he also works with the black guy. The black guy is the co-captain of the ship. The captain of the ship is a white guy. So when you look at 
the um, the crew. The crew is mixed, black, white, Hispanic. They, they, they're all there working together, and they're co-workers to each other. They didn't jump on this guy because he was black. They jumped on the guy because they felt entitled. And this isn't the first time that they've had a run-in like this. This is the first time that they didn't move and it escalated into what it escalated into. Now, some people would argue that they did that because um, he was black. I think they did it because they were probably drinking and and being ignorant, and they um, they did the silly shit that silly people do when they've been drinking, and they just happen to be white. But we live in an America that has exacerbated race. We live in an America that has promoted the idea of separating us. Because if the people started to come together, if the people did, the people could circumvent a lot of the government manipulation. But they know you're not going to. Because you all look at TV. And if you look at TV, then you have, you're being conditioned every day in TV on how to be separate. You've been conditioned every day on TV how to hate Donald Trump. And I, and I know people that will say, I don't, uh-uh, TV ain't got to make me hate Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump myself. Well, you hate Donald Trump because you've been conditioned to. Now, I don't hate Donald Trump. I don't. But I do think Donald Trump is one of the stupidest motherfuckers this side of Mississippi. Not only do I think he's stupid, I think he's dumber than a motherfucker. Not only um, do I think he's dumber than a motherfucker, I think he's a little tarted. Not only do I think he's a little tarted, I think Donald Trump, his privilege is what put him in the position he was in because of his daddy and his granddaddy. And he is uh, the, uh, he's been awarded um, financial freedom to make as many mistakes as he wants to. Donald Trump also did something for me that really empowered me. Donald Trump showed me that anybody could be president, even me. Like, I could be president, and, and you could be president. And anybody that we want to be president, if you really want it, all you have to do is um, all you have to do is capture a group and then brainwash them using the media. And 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 you know, and it only takes one, one turns into two, two turns into four, four turns into sixteen, sixteen turns into ninety-eight, ninety-eight turns to a hundred, a thousand and, and twenty-six. You know, and you just it just keeps multiplying. Um, yeah, that, I think you can win, Jay, because um, you already hypnotized all these groupies. I know you win. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Donald Trump is calling in. Uh, hello, uh, uh, Donald, Donald, uh, Donald Trump. Hello, Jake. It's me. It's Donald. As you know, I, I, I listen to the show, and I have to say it's one of the worst shows ever, okay? It's one of the worst shows ever, and the reason why is because of the way you talk about me. You don't, you don't follow the people. As you know, I won the last election. Sleepy Joe did not win. They stole it from me. All I tried to do was go to Atlanta and ask those people to give me my 11,876 votes so that I could win the election. And all of a sudden, now I'm a criminal, now I'm a bad guy, now I'm the one. And now Kings in the Morning is coming on here, and you guys are saying bad things about me. Well, it's okay. Because you know what? I don't listen to the show anymore. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. And if you were talking about me, I didn't hear it. Okay? And I don't care if you think I'm stupid or dumb, but, but Donald, you said you didn't listen to the show. I'm not listening to the show anymore. I, but you said if I called you stupid or dumb, so in order for you to know that I called you stupid or dumb, you had to be listening. No, I wasn't listening. It wasn't me listening. Okay? It was my inner self listening, dumb, dumb. Okay? But you don't know anything about your inner self. And I'm not saying blacks don't know have an inner self. I'm just saying you guys don't know anything about your inner self. That's why you're always killing yourself. But it's okay. All I'm going to say to you guys is this. If you want someone to really help the blacks go back to slavery where you guys had all the things you needed, housing, food, clothing, I can do that for you. But if you want to be out here on your own and continue to struggle and be at zero wealth, I'm the guy. Okay? It's up to you. You pick and choose. But I'm going to win. I'm going to beat Sleepy Joe. I'm going to beat him for a second time. I'm not going to let this, they're not going to steal it anymore. Okay? And when you called me retarded, I know that that's what you said. I did not call you retarded. I said you were a little tarded. Tarded, retarded, doesn't matter. means the same thing. Did you know that I went to Fordham? Me and Reese Hopkins, we both graduated at the same time. Two smart guys. They come on the Kings in the Morning show, the two smartest guys on the show, both went to Fordham, and I want you to think about it. And I want Ali with Brother Reverend Ali. I just want you to know one thing. You're fired. Fuck you, uh, Donald. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I thought I saw Keisha Matthews write something on here. Let me see. Where did it go? Uh He's smart enough to get his dumb ass in the Georgia jailhouse. We're going to see. I don't know if he's going to go to jail, Michael, not in Jordan. I just don't see that happen. I don't know if any of you guys. Repeatedly expressing an opinion, right or wrong, on a widespread platform can influence a large number of people to adopt that perspective. We know. We saw it. We see it every day. We see it every day. We, um, we teach hate to each other and intolerance. We teach hate and, intol- and intolerance while at the same time talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but what does that look like? What does diversity, equity, and inclusion look like in your life? Because we can talk about it, and we can tell companies that they need to be diverse equitable and inclusive, but then 
Why would a, a company is nothing more than a makeup of human beings? And so at the core of the company is the core is the the the, the the person who created it. And if that person isn't practicing diversity, equity, and inclusivity, inclusion, I should say, in their, in their own personal life, why would it seep out to the company? It won't, and it doesn't. So I say... If you really want diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, it has to be in your everyday life. If everybody that's in your life looks like you, sounds like you, and is just like you, you're not diverse. You're not equitable. You're not inclusive. So how can you expect anybody else to be? Michael Nader Jordan said it's a booking process. They already said it. He must go to jail for at least 24 hours to process. We'll see. Keisha Matthews says this, is, this part is insane to me. He has publicly criticized many of the groups and the people that support him, yet they continue to vote for him. Brainwashing is real. You know, there are a lot of women that say they were in relationship with men that were abusive to them, but they stayed in those abusive relationships. People say that's crazy. But, you know, um, conditioning and, and brainwashing exists. It's real. Um, Dan Marie says you can beat a RICO, but you got to snitch off everybody and go in the federal, federal witness protection program. Um, well, and, and maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Um, if, if listen to me, and this is just my opinion, when they go after Donald Trump and nothing happens, all they do is strengthen Donald Trump. All they do is strengthen his his hold on his constituency and his base, and and they strengthen his position that it's a witch hunt. So, you know, if, if this is what they're trying to do to slow down the train, it ain't working. I think they put Donald Trump in an even stronger position because people who are on the fence, who voted for Biden, but they see Biden, you know, and, and that his cognitive skills are, um, are, are starting to dwindle away. They may say, you know what? I gave Biden a chance. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with um, with Trump. If the Democratic Party doesn't have a better candidate than Joe Biden, they may lose this race. And that's just that's just the way that Tootsie rolls. Hey, Faye. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But what should be more interesting to you as a citizen of the United States is the quality of the candidate that we have to choose from. That in all 300 million plus human beings that live in the United States, 
these are the two motherfuckers that we got to choose from. When I look at these, when I look at them two being the possible um, candidates, this is what I hear. Good morning, Eric McTwain. So Donald Trump, uh, the fact that Donald Trump is even a serious candidate says a lot about the quality uh, of candidates we have. Uh, Jojo Red said, Jay, throw your hat in the ring. Um, I, <laughs> you know how much money it costs? First of all, I wouldn't. They, they wouldn't, I'm not in the, the, the lexicon of what a president should be in, in the United States um, because I am, um, I'm funky town. John Beckman said, um, I'm voting for RFK Jr. as of now, okay? Um, Michael Nader Jordan said, in Georgia, they don't care about your clout. That's their process. And his, and his whole crew has to be booked and go through booking first. We'll see. Again, we'll see. I, I don't know. If the, we'll see. Um, Keisha says, Keisha Matthews says, choosing Biden over Trump signifies prioritizing the future of our nation over irrationality. Voting for a U.S. president should never be reduced to such a decision. You're absolutely right. That is, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but that's a decision that is reduced to. Um, maybe Dr. West has a chance, says Todd Smith. Dr. West, um, only have a chance, Todd, if um, if he changed his messaging. He can't he can't center his messaging on black folk. He's got to center his messaging on uh, poor people in the middle class, with an understanding that. Um, that black people have to be part of the equation. Good morning, Larry Brooks. Um, so, you know, I'm going to support Dr. West financially. I'm going to give him money, but I don't think I don't think he can win. Uh, Dre, Dre no, he can't win. He, he got to change his look. He got to change his look. Them Dre scarves and shit ain't gonna make it. Dre Hines <laughs> says, and he has to comb his damn wow. hair. <laughs> Wow, King Dre. Oh, my God. That nigga going to have to cut his hair off and his beard and get rid of them scarves. Then, then, then he might win. That's part of his signature look. <laughs> Shit, Jay know about them scarves that they could be wearing. Now, why do I know about them? Why, 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 why do you make me know about them? Because you know him. You know the Cornell West and his brother. You know you've been seeing them scarves, nigga. Lavin, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when you said you, you were considering changing up your wardrobe? Um, <laughs> <when> you <did? laughs> I think I put some scarves involved, huh? <laughs> he said he did speak on. Um, you know, like basically wear like something like um, Dr. West. <laughs> yeah, but I would black wear, and white I, every I, day. I, but what I would I would wear I would instead of having twenty pair of jeans, I'd only have three or four. 
I, I got too many clothes. I got I got too much stuff. Cause um and and I'm going to start paring down my wardrobe as I get older, because mm-hmm. so when I die, my kids don't have all that shit to deal with. How many scarves you got? <laughs> I don't have no <laughs> This is horrible. I, I'm not. I'm not going to participate. <laughs> but um, how many of you guys would actually support Dr. West? How many of you guys would give? I would give money to Dr. West just to have a third voice uh, in the race. I give money. I give money for him to get a haircut. <laughs> wow. Doctor West don't want no haircut. Now, what if I told you that Doctor Cornell West was married to a white woman? I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, yes, I uh, believe. Oh. Derek said, "Jay, them damn ball shirts cost cat." Yeah, I know. I buy them. That's why I told my son, when I die, don't throw my shit away. Sell my shit. Have an estate sale and sell them. Because, you know, those ball shirts, you know, some of them are $300. They can get 150 yeah. 100 bucks for them. Yeah. Good morning, Brian. I buy, some, I buy some of the shirts from him, but, you know, them pants, he going to have to keep. <laughs> 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 An off-duty Los Angeles County Sheriff Department deputy was shot and killed by police at a golf cart course on Tuesday after he allegedly started shooting his gun following a domestic situation. Alejandro Diaz, 45, left his home at about 4 p.m. Tuesday with two guns after shooting one of them inside his home. Diaz reportedly had been drinking and was distraught before firing, um, uh, before firing his weapon. Diaz's wife called the police, and another caller phoned them to say they saw a man heading to the Sierra Lakes Golf Club in Fontana with a gun. Officers responded and confronted Diaz, who reportedly began shooting. He started shooting, shooting up everything, scaring the golfers, shooting at police. It was bad, witness Maisha Dow told Fox News. Police fired shots and hit Diaz. He was attended to and transported to a nearby hospital where he later died. No police officers were injured in the shooting. Authorities have reportedly not said if the gun Diaz was allegedly armed with was his service weapon. Sandy, San Bernardino um, County Sheriff and District Attorney's Office are investigating the shooting. Uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said it is deeply saddened to hear the tragic shooting incident involving one of their off-duty deputies who passed away. We are in close communication with Fontana Police. Yeah. Uh, Todd, thank you for coming to hang out with us. Todd got to get back to teaching his class. That's crazy. I'm telling you that the, the world is the world is going cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Fifty Cent doubles down on LA being finished after flash mob Nordstrom robbery. Rapper Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson 
doubled down on his claim that Los Angeles is finished Sunday after Nordstrom was ravaged by a flash mob. I told you L.A. was finished. They're going to have to lock the doors, appointments only. The Canoga Park Nordstrom was hit by more than 50 people during the looting spree, and upwards of $100,000 in product was stolen. Footage of the incident shows how the looters stormed through the entrance to the location and stripped the racks of clothes, bags, and other merchandise before flooding out the door. It has been viewed over 7 million times. Jackson first declared that Los Angeles was finished in early July following the reinstatement of zero bail policy. L.A. is finished. Watch how bad it gets out there, um, he said, shaking my head. Los Angeles' zero bail policy was first instituted as a COVID-19 measure and reduced bail to zero dollars for suspects involved in misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. The purpose of the policy was to lower the number of inmates. What do you guys say? Do you guys think that, that, that Los Angeles is finished? Do you think we're being too light on criminals? What is going on? How do you guys see it? What do you think, um, Ali? Man, 50 Cent need to mind his goddamn business and worry about New York. He don't know shit about L.A. And let me tell you something. It don't matter what kind of law they got in place. L.A. would take motherfuckers to jail. And, and trust me, if they keep fucking up, their ass is going to jail. Yeah. Well, uh, I will say that there is a mixture of things going on in Los Angeles, but um, to say they're finished, I don't know about that. Restructuring, yes. Thank you for asking. I'm going to tell you right now, and I want you guys to hear me good. It's not just Los Angeles. It's not just the major cities. All across this country, what we are doing uh, to humanity is going to ensure and that there's going to be an upheaval in America. And if we don't change our direction, if we don't um, dismantle the system that they have in place, America won't exist. This country will not exist in 30 to 50 years. This election cycle right here is going to be crucial to the future of America. How this election cycle goes is going to tell a lot about what's going to happen in these Americas. And... um, It might get violent with this presidential election. There's a lot. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of unrest in this country that we keep ignoring. We keep turning our. We keep turning a blind eye to. Very scary. That's not even putting a Trump on a ten right there, Jay. You're keeping it one thousand. Um, good morning, Vernicle. Yep, you you late this morning, but um, uh, martial law is on the way, is what Zoila said. It, you know, it, according to how the according to how the election goes, it, martial law could be on the way. Thirty years ago, my grandfather warned me we were going to lose confidence in our government. Malicious, 
were going to come out of nowhere malicious and start being more prevalent in making moves in the open. Um, I'm going to play this song for Ali. And Thank you. Man, that shit is banging, man. It's, it's got a smooth little tune, and then your voice is right on with that track right there, J. King C. And uh, I think you can go real far with that one. Uh, Michael Nana Jordan said, is Ali dedicating the song to Mary H.? Laugh out loud. Smile. Sorry, Reese. See, is that Michael Nana Jordan? I, I gave you a pen. You, you just can't stop fucking with folks, man. What's the matter with you, man? We made a truth, so we cool, and then you just continue to gotta fuck with a nigga. Now the last Forty Niners game I seen you at, you you look like the motherfucking Forty Niners mascot. But leave me the fuck alone. John Beckman said you wanted to change the name to Will You Murder Me? <laughs> Good morning, Angel. 
Yeah, John Beckman is sick. Something wrong with that motherfucker. That's your friend, Jay. You brought that motherfucker over here. Um, um, Vertical said, now that's a very smooth track. I'm with Ali. Joni says, my 16-year-old Sophie said this song is gas. Oh. I guess... well, when I'm done with it, it's going to be really nice. I still got to add this. Um, it's really um, nice now. Michael Leonard Jordan, Michael Leonard Jordan said, sorry, dog. He, he said he's sorry. <laughs> no, he ain't. He said sorry an hour ago, and here you come with some more shit. Cuddles oh, <laughs> has a point. You do you do keep throwing rocks at him, Mike, and then hiding your hand. Yeah, that is true. Um, you shouldn't do that, Mike. That's not very nice. I'll leave them. Yeah, I like that track, though, man. That track is banging, though, man. Uh, I think you need to put me on there. Let me rap a slow verse on that one. Don't put Kente on there. He he was trying to change the name of it. What was he trying to change the name to? I forgot. He had some name he was trying to change the whole song to, and he said he had some lyrics. But he couldn't spit the lyrics when you told him to spit them right there. The nigga froze up. So he don't. So he shouldn't get a second chance. Nah, hell no. Nah. That nigga is not an elder bard. <laughs> Another chance, baby, because I'm gonna blow your mind. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, I was checking that out too, um, Dre. Um, the, the gas, like you know, yeah, it's gas. You know, fire. Um, um, Jana Marie agrees with you, Ali. Yeah, she know she know we gonna be hugging when you play that song. Me and Jana Marie gonna be rubbing and hugging by the fireplace come December. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm moving. The, I'm moving the stack of minutes, J King. <laughs> <laughs> the last time you said stuff like that, you was having Mary come to um, uh, San Diego. You what? I'm on your team, and you keep making me have to go to EEOC on you, man. No, God damn! No, I, I just said the last time you said something like that, you was you you gave. You would give Mary some action, then you turned on her. Are you going to turn on Jennifer? I wasn't wasn't, wasn't giving her no action. I was trying to be my niceties. You told us to practice niceties that week. That's what I was doing. Yeah, all All that was some bullshit. It was just for radio. Okay. I just knew that. Wow. Well, at least we know what it was for. At least we know. No, we knew what we Yeah, you know, I do what you tell me to do uh, a lot of times. Pop, you know, I say, you tell me to do some shit and I do it. Don't <laughs> worry, you fight me first. Janima, Janima said you'll spit on, she said you'll spit on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd that be real smooth, Jay, if I can put a little a, a smooth rap on that. But, no, you, you don't need no more rappers. You didn't got 35,000 rappers on this new song. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna wrap it up. No, no fun. Absolutely. I'm gonna wrap it up. All right, you guys. I think we missed 
our history moment. Should we do history? We certainly did. History. Go ahead. Go ahead, King. It's the game. You can do it in five minutes. Okay. Um, let me do um, a history moment on um, Joshua Bowen Smith, caterer, abolitionist, and state senator, was born in Coatesville, Pennsylvania in 1813. Details regarding his childhood remain obscure. However, it is known that he was educated in the public school system of Pennsylvania with the assistance of a wealthy Quaker. In 1836, Smith traveled to Boston and worked as a head waiter at the Mount Washington House. After catering for prominent black Boston abolitionist families for several years, he started his own catering establishment. Over the 25 years that followed, he accumulated considerable wealth catering for numerous Boston abolitionist organizations and Union soldiers during the Civil War. In the process, he was introduced to and befriended many notable abolitionists, including William Lloyd Garrison, George Luther Stearns, Robert Gold Shaw, Theodore Parker, and Charles Sumner. Throughout his life, Smith fought vigorously for the abolitionist cause. Along with Lewis Hayden, he publicly denounced the 1850 Fugitive Slave Act, which made it a federal crime to assist runaway slaves or impede the process of their reapprehension. Furthermore, he aided fugitive slaves by employing them as caterers in his business. Among those he assisted were the famous couple Ellen and William Kraft. Additionally, through entertainment at Harvard College, he amassed large sums, which enabled him to extravagantly cater for a host of anti-slavery events. Few of these events, including meetings of the Massachusetts Female Anti-Slavery Society, the 20th anniversary of the Liberator, and the issuance of the Emancipation Proclamation. Toward the end of his catering career, Smith encountered financial hardship and eventual bankruptcy. On July 26, 1861, Smith presented a bill of $40,378 to Governor John Andrew for services rendered over a 93-day period to the 12th Massachusetts Regiment of Volunteers. Governor Andrew, however, refused to pay the bill, stating that the state legislature had failed to appropriate the funds with which he could legally pay it. Curiously, all other catering bills were paid for by Governor Andrew in advance of later reimbursement state legislature. Although Smith did eventually receive a nominal portion of his fee, he filed suit on May 24, 1879, against the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for the unpaid balance of $16,617.20. However, he was unsuccessful only in However, the, his unsuccessful suit only served a mount to uh, mount up additional debt to legal fees. Smith participated in numerous social and political activities over the course of his life, including representing Cambridge in the state legislature from 1873 to 1874. During his time in the legislature, he served as the chairman of the Committee on Foreign Relations. Additionally, Smith was the first African-American member October of 1867, of the St. Andrew's Lodge of Freemasons of Massachusetts, where he served as a junior warden um, 
of the um, Adelphi Lodge of South Boston. Joshua Bowen Smith died on July 5, 1879, following a prolonged illness. This is American. Father in heaven, too many tragedies in our lives and in our world. We know you are not the cause of it. Free will and the evil seeds of greed and hate blossom the damage spread by others in our worlds. Give us the strength to stand tall in our hearts, to fence off the attacks from hell and people from those places of destruction. Give us the power to overlook temptation and keep us from the harm that even those close to us enjoy seeing, even if it's just an evil, crooked smile for them. Lead us in the direction to do your work, whether it's a large contribution of some sort or just a kind word of encouragement, maybe even a hug, a warm embrace. Deliver us from evil. Keep us from harm's way. For the true believers, make a safe place. For the non-believers, show them the way. Get us all together, moving in the same direction for loving each other and greatness. Jesus, save us. Amen. Amen. One love. One love. Uh, today is Thursday, and right here on the J. King Network at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, we got Emac with us all about the music. Damn it, y'all check him out tonight. He's playing two hours long of music. Y'all know y'all ain't got nothing to do. So, Snitchy Smurf, make sure you call in and listen to Emac while you're drinking some distilled water. Uh, and then... Let us know, Snitchy Spoo, what uh, Six Eyes has going on on his show, because I know you know, because I know he put the hand down. Well, you know, it's Snitchy Smurf Enterprises. I wouldn't be worth my weight in salt if I didn't know. And I have two today, so don't be salty. All right, first off is our brother Reese, Reese on the radio. He is live all week filling in for Tom Shattuck on News Talk 1080 WTIC, 8 a.m. to noon Pacific, 860-522-9842. Um, is the call-in number. Tune in live at WTIC.com or in Rewind on Reese Hopkins here on Facebook. Um, that's ReeseFromTheRadio.com. Next up, consider a word of the king tonight on the Six Eyes Radio Network. 424-243-9617 is the number for Relevant Radio Daily. Support us on Apple Music and iHeartRadio, even supporting the Six Eyes Radio Network group page on Facebook, if I didn't say that. But here's this. Good news you can use. Like, why is Cuddles basically single as a Pringle? Now, back to you, Ripples. Mm-hmm. Seems like Six Eyes and Reese is hitting it from the front and the back. You damn show a motherfucking ice cream sandwich. Yeah. Jay King, let us know what you got going on. I can't even do an announcement. I'm offended. Jay King, let us know what you got going on, OG, because I know you ain't eating no ice cream sandwiches. No. <laughs> I um today uh you know I have um I have to do a couple of interviews for uh the study they did for music here in in Sacramento um for the live music scene and so I'm gonna be on Cap Radio today and then um uh I'm doing uh from two to from two to three I'm doing um it's never too late radio show, and then from 3 to 6, Traffic Jam. 
Then I'm flying out at eight today to go to back to LA, and um, and I'll be in LA until Sunday morning. So I'll do the show tomorrow from LA. Man, I might drive out there and see you, Pop. That's wonderful, man. Well, it's beautiful. We appreciate what you got going on, J. King. And, uh, you know, back to you. So um, Shelly just posted, and um, and, and um, Shelly, I asked Joni to make a GoFundMe because it's easier for us that way. But Shelly said that um, Robert Redwine's daughter, Joni Lee, she needs help. She's struggling. Um, you know, doing all the stuff for Robert. So if you guys can help, J-O-A-N-I, J-O-A-N-I-L-E-E, dollar sign, Joni Lee, J-O-A-N-I-L-E-E. Um, you know, if you can help, please do so. I don't know why I keep sneezing, but I keep having to sneeze. They say that's what happens before. They say that's what happens before men go to jail. Wow. Nigga get to sneeze, you know he's going to prison. And if he sneezed three times, that's three years. <laughs> Sneezing protects your body by clearing the nose of bacteria and viruses. When something enters your nose or you encounter a trigger that sets off your sneeze center in your brain, signals are rapidly sent to tightly close your throat, eyes, and mouth. So when I sneeze, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the dictionary version. But the street version is when you sneeze, your ass is on the way to jail. <laughs> no, you're not. That is not good information. <laughs> Sneezing is rid of pesky germs. Sneezing allows waste to exit through your nose. Sneezing may also help you decongest. Sneezing more than once could be a good sign. So, but if it back is on brittle, you, listen, you might throw it out. You're going to have to start listening to more music, Ali, so you can be happy. Man, I listen to music all day, every day. I just don't like folks knowing what I do. I'll even listen to you, J. King. I play two, three, four of your records a day. Is that right? I can't yeah. tell because you be so wound up when you be, what? <laughs> I mean, you know, I got to live, J. King. I want to live loud, and you know what I mean. And, and but, but can't you be? Well, you did. You did laugh a little today. I got to give it to you. You did some laughing today. I like it. Normally, you're super. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. You know, you didn't bring your missiles with you today. Usually, you got your missiles with you, and you, um, know, no, you get to fuck it. Uh, sneezing is not a vitamin deficient. That, that that's not what that is. That's not true, Janet Marie. <laughs> I know. <what> <laughs> Janet Marie make it bad for a brother, don't she? 
<laughs> I take vitamins every morning. So I know that it's she not. She said vitamins. That's a cold shot, Janet. Maybe you need to teach Ali to take the vitamins so he can stop putting carrots up his ass. <laughs> oh, here we go. I know. <laughs> Well, good morning, sisters. You are late, sir. Well, the third hour of power is about to start. As you guys can hear, if you want to check out the third hour of power, you can call 515-605-9376. Or you can go to thejkingnetwork.com. No, it's not my allergy from this shot, Janet Marie. TheJKingNetwork.com and listen to the show. Hey, Mike Madison. My name is Jay King with Lynn Tolliver, Johnny Graham, Tucker Davis, Yusef Kente, Brother Reverend Ali, Simi Braxton, Reese on the radio, Snitchy Smurf, um, uh, Mary Hopkins, and Big Draws Charles telling you to get busy living because you're going to have enough time to die. We'll see you guys tomorrow, same yeah. that time. Same that King Network, where the people come together. The King Network, where the people come together. The King Network, where the people come together. come together. Charles was on the phone, and you see how he come in? That's why oh, his motherfucking ass put on mute. muted, and that's what I want you to tell J. King when y'all tell him when he calls, say, why is Charles on mute? Why is Charles on mute, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, why are you late, Trevor? Yes. Uh, because I would attend to other things. So I, I was listening to it on the radio. But I want to understand this, right? Uh-oh. You said Irish and refires you. Irish and refires you. <laughs> then you, you fucking you, you make six sides. Now, now you make it reasons now. And now you about to go work on a, on a table for JK. I had to agree <laughs> when you said you're such a talker. See that? Oh, my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't believe you, Scissors. I can't believe you. You are missing the whole point here. You are missing the thread. That's how it's everything together. You're missing you the thread. You'd be a roller, Scissors. <laughs> if I wasn't say shake them up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them. Understand. You, you, you shake them up. A lot of guys working you out. A lot of guys working you out. working me out. You know, there is no working someone out when they're when they're being helpful, helpful in a meaningful way, not helpful, uh-huh. you know, like uh, the way you all 
try to package this. So here's the thing. Oh, I, I will help all of you. I, I, have, I have helped everyone. I have helped everyone. I don't know. I don't know. You ain't packaging up nothing. I mean, yeah, but in her case, in her case, though, Big Charles, you would have to package it up because she's a big package. So you got to make sure it's, <laughs> it's got, it's got uh-huh. tape and everything on it. Scotch tape. Let's get it then, Cuddle. I we already know. We already know Reese and, 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 and Six Eyes is hitting it from the front and the back on it already. No, no. You know, no, no. No, <laughs> no. No, no. That's not correct. <laughs> and then they switch positions on there. Oh God, y'all just and then you got six eyes hitting Thursday, it from the back and reach from the front. See, today is Thursday, not Friday. You're supposed to save all this crunchy communication for tomorrow. Well, Thank no, you. no, no, it's coming mean? on now. It's going <laughs> down. You came in with it. You gave up the goods. You talking oh, she about? You, you, she laughed when you she got coming. It. She laughed when you got. Yeah, it. she, she, she coming out announcing. She coming out in her announcement saying she got stuff to say for Reese and and six sides. These are her niggas. You know. No, no. You heard what? That's I how you came that. out. You said I got two Ali. <laughs> Because I wouldn't cut you sure off like you did yesterday. Yesterday you cut me off. You said I couldn't. No, you give told me you got you didn't nail you didn't nail all twelve niggas down that you had down the two. <laughs> twelve. Wow. <laughs> <And those> twelve. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Well, the, well, look at you. You talking about tuning to a uh, uh, king of uh, Emacs. What about that? You telling me? I, I just thought you might want to listen to Emac because today is Thursday, and I know it's John Beckman Day. It used to be with you, but I guess <laughs> you didn't cut him off now. Oh boy, what am I going to do with y'all? I thought it was John Beckman Thursdays. <laughs> you look, you, you got you time because everybody else got you busy. You had a time up. Everybody else got you busy. No. Nah, yeah. She see broke it is. down. She said grease and six eyes. <laughs> so you all know, a year ago, a year ago, earlier this month, King Reese asked me to be a part of his platform where I oh, can do my arts and crafts. Oh, my God. I can do my arts he and crafts. He offered you a job. Y'all know I love oh, my arts and crafts. So the thing is, I haven't cut my camera back on yet, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to support um, if he needs oh me. So God. here I am doing oh. his announcement. Oh, oh. oh my right. goodness. <laughs> All right. She, so, said, um, she, said, she, said, she said, Ali, I have two. And we all know Six Eyes, I, I do his announcements. I'm not supposed to do them on any other day but Tuesday, but you already know. I don't know. do it. <laughs> I don't you know on here trying to be a whole host. You were trying to be a whole host today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, okay. Okay, I did hit the one a little early today. That's because King Fred had to go. Scissors was late, you know, because he said he's doing other things, which is understandable. Well, I gotta tell you this though. I gotta tell you Clinton, this with me, you, with me, you and Jay, with me, you and Jay today, uh, Nicole. It was it was pretty cool. I'm gonna you check know, out the audio. Yeah. No, 
It was it was pretty cool with me, you and Jay today. I know. I'm I'm looking around. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it was it was all good until this nigga Big Charles showed up saying the shit he said at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about a nigga got carrots up his booty and all that. I know. He came right in with it. Last name he, you know, nobody nobody mentioned no ass until he came in. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted so to big know. Charles, I big Charles, I you, now you know, nigga. Place. You the first one that brought up ass today, Big Charles. I'm going to mark that down. Hey, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. I don't want everybody to know that you might not be taking your vibes through your mouth, but you did this through the rear. That's all. I see how you do it. You keep talking about the rear, and then and, and you know I see what these words you use in Big Charles, you know, and it's just you know, but it's okay though, man. I I know who's mentioning it now. I see it's right here. It's on the archives. And Snitchy who is a witness. Yeah, you see, look at it. he said. I don't care. You like wild red wine. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I do not care. <laughs> Oh you switching to the kitchen with your cigar in your mouth, Big Charles? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't I, you I ever seen a big snitchy poo? You ever seen a yeah. big old nigga switch while he's smoking a cigar? Uh, no, I've I lived my whole life. And I have not. You got to check this nigga out. This nigga walking down the street, he's switching, and he got a cigar. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Hey, Big Charles, on, on Friday night, Big Charles, he got a little sachet with it. <laughs> a little extra twist in it, I see. My goodness. Oh, you jumped on a boat. Oh, you jumped on a boat. Oh, you jumped on a boat. He put a little, he put a little J. Edgar Hoover on it. Uh-oh. Wow. You know, J. Edgar was a girl at night. You know that, right? Um, we'll see, <laughs> it's yeah. Things happen Well, you know, they say they went to his house. They say they went to his house, and J. Edgar Hoover, he lived alone, right? So they went to his house, and they knew he was alone because, you know, he's with the CIA or whatever it was. So they watched him, and they got security on him. And they said a woman came to the door. (laughs) So the nigga had on woman clothes and shit. He had a wig and a dress and lipstick, and he was sashaying through his house. Wow. I, I don't do that. I don't do that. Don't okay. Do that. Okay. They, they came in. They came in because they thought it was a woman. They didn't know how the woman got into his place because, you know, the, the, the surveillance and they watching him. And so then they had to go in and found out it was it was him. They was all baffled. Like, I didn't see anybody go in. Nobody went into his place. So they went in and it was this nigga. Wow. Well, maybe he was wow. undercover. You know, no, he wasn't undercover. That nigga, they said he was drunk and he was sashaying through the hallways. This nigga had on woman's shoes, stockings, uh, a dress, nigga, a wig, and some lipstick and all that shit. Maybe you can carry some bad too. That's what they found him. They they said he sashays through the hallways at night. 
Well, I do, I do know. Well, hold up. I got background noise. I'm sorry. Hold on. I had to go oh, get Elijah right. behind trying to fix him out. You're all right. Some jazz or something. No, no. That's, what is that? That is the uh, weed whacker. Uh, oh, it's a weed right whacker? Here, so. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. So I had to go check and see if it go had to go check and see if that was plankton because <laughs> you know weed was involved, but no, it's not. <laughs> but I, right, well, I let me wow, say, wow. y'all go y'all go ahead and talk bang, to bang. each other. You know, pow, pow. <laughs> we know you ain't got much time to talk, uh, Snitchy Poo, because it's uh, John Beckman Thursday. So we're gonna let you have the stage. Go ahead. I do want I did want to say. Um, I do want to say I read that um, Jagger Hoover would bring um, folders into certain meetings when he was trying to put the pressure on folks to fold to his agenda. Um, he would bring a stack of like blank paper in there um, in the folder to make it appear that he had like all this information on you um, that the G-men gathered. And, um, you know, uh, somebody, I can't remember who, challenged that folder and found out that the pages were empty. So I will say I thought that was, like, uh, interesting, you know. You oh, yeah. He had a, he had that, that's, something, that's something. That's something Hitler. He took out of Hitler's book, probably. <laughs> well, you know, um, it was all kinds of stuff going on under Hitler's regime, how they would, you know, intimidate folks. But I didn't know about mm-hmm. this uh, cross-dressing situation. I don't, but I have heard other things, but, you know, I don't Oh yeah. I don't know. They say after a long day of work at the office he go home and they 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 didn't want it to believe it was him but they knew they was uh, he was under surveillance because of the job title he has back then. So they knew that no woman enter his place and then through the windows and shit they seen the woman walking through the hallway, sashaying and shit like that. Wow. And it was so, his ass. You know I- I just went. I just went into JSTOR, uh, which is a place where I get a lot of um, research in, um, and it does have some articles in here. I'll have to read up on this because um, uh, looks like the Washington Post tried to say no, no, it's not so, but looks like there's articles in here. History Daily has articles in here too. I'd have to read up on that. <laughs> wow. Oh, it yeah. wouldn't surprise oh, yeah. me, though. Many good, people though. enjoy different things. Yeah. yeah, many people enjoy different I things. I mean, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, really, though? <laughs> you know, but, hey, you know, like I said, everybody, they got, they got their own trip. You know well, what I mean? I it, 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 don't matter, it, it, it don't matter who the person is. If the person is high in, in, in jobs or the law, these people are humans. So right. if shit have... If some lady in the law, some judge decides she want to go out on a date with a a, a claimant, then then she that's what she gonna do. Well, she gonna tell that claimant she gonna tell that claimant to meet her over there by the ladies' room, and it's going down. Well, <laughs> her career may go all the way down as well, but hey, well, not really, grown, not necessarily. Right? Not necessarily. I mean, the only way people's careers go down is if they when they do stupid stuff like trying to be seen in places where they know they shouldn't be. Like, say he, the, the dude show up at the courthouse to watch some of her proceedings and shit. You know that kind oh. of shit. You can't be doing that kind of shit, and you can't tell nothing. 
And well, you know, true. so you just so, so they can they can do it. It's just like a doctor can date a patient. It's just a matter of they keeping their mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I say I say don't risk it for a biscuit. <laughs> Oh don't man, you it. might as well risk it. They, what you mean, don't risk it for a biscuit? The whole world, the United <laughs> States, is a. They didn't risk it for millions of briskets. Yeah, but look, look what happens, right? When folks get fault, right? Something quite. Well, look out. what happens. You know, shit ain't, the, it, the bleeding ain't the bleeding ain't stopped though. These motherfuckers is just bleeding all over the place. They just real <laughs> sick with it, and then they they got a whole bunch of hatred going on. People lying on people, making up stories. Uh, this real sickening stuff, man. Right. It's like, come and on, these, man. And these are interesting times for certain. I mean, they've always been interesting, but I think now it's just so much of it in all different directions. You know, like it's yeah. just yeah. <laughs> but um, I I still say old school. Take your time. Know who you're hanging out with. You know, and if you're going, you know, do anything else. <laughs> Definitely know what you're getting yourself into. Leave your babies alone. You, Leave your babies alone. <laughs> but you know, if you're yeah. grown, if it's two grown folks, it's grown folks. But I mean, you know, well, they, um, they were trying to get the babies. They 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 got the babies. This all the babies that was born in 2020 during that COVID stuff. They made sure they gave them the vaccine. Um. Yeah. They got the they, um, they got them babies vaccinated as soon as whatever age they can have it. They had them all scheduled for the vaccine. Yeah, I'm I am concerned about you know the fact that we don't really know all of what that can do to a person. You know, no, you, you don't. don't what they know, yeah. they know they made. Yeah. So that's what they did. See, when it, it when it looked like something else, it's really about something else. So they got mm-hmm. us looking over here, but really they doing this so they can have y'all not looking for what they really doing over here. Right. You know, so now they got now all that... the babies in 2020 and 2021. They got access at experimenting with them. Yeah. And um, they're behind. Many of the young people are behind in their um, learning that was already, you know, not really top-notch in a lot of situations, as it were, before the shutdowns and all of that. They're behind in school. and um, Oh, well, yeah. You know, it's, it's all by design. Time. Listen, you go take this course. Me and you take the same course, right? Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. go to a different college, and I go to, you know, we go to a different college, but we take the same course. But since you and your parents got the memo, the course that you've taken is going to get you 13 credits. The course that I'm taking is just going to give me five. Mm-hmm. It's the same you course. Didn't a, mm-hmm. You didn't have the understanding. You didn't have the inside information. Right. And so this is what they've been having going on all along. Yeah. And the whole time. Was, I I read to you about well even without reading to be honest just working with young people many of them like um, are in so much debt you know behind certain things that they thought they should take like um, say the 
you know how back in the day we used to have somebody come in and, and talk talk to you about um, either like ROTC or, um, you know, different types of um, information right. they try to give to you. Well, you know, they right. had they had um, folks coming into certain schools speaking about uh, joining accelerated programs. Like, hey, you, right. get your, you know, you forget going to school for two, three, four years or or, or more, you know, you cut this down 18 months, you know, and you'll be working and, and all this other stuff. And some of the young people thought that's the way to go because they want to get out and get on with their life. And they signed right. up for um, accelerated programs. However, um, if there were more expensive, of course, than going, you know, the slower approach. And um, in some cases, not accredited. So, they can't use that degree outside of that program. However, they've amassed all this debt, and they're young. I mean, like, you know, just getting started in life, and now they're strapped down with all this debt and um, not necessarily able to even pull a job out in, in some cases from, um, you know, going through that experience. So, um, you know, this is, you know, depression is up for our young people on, on a lot of levels. Depression is up. Um, well, well, they, they they got a lot of things going on for the, the the programs for the youngsters, but here's what happens: a lot of those youngsters do things they shouldn't be doing. You know, like you going to school, right? You got all this stuff set up, but then all of a sudden now you got a baby coming. You see what I'm saying? So now the idea of you finishing. It seems it's going to be prolonged now because now you're going to have a baby within nine months, and then they got to go through all this stuff with you. You right. know, and, and most women, they ain't got enough strength to just drop that baby and go and go about your business and keep it pushing. They want a maternity leave. They want to stay home. You know, they want their husband to take time with them and whoever, you know, who was responsible for the baby. And then they also get in your business when you're trying to go to school. Okay, well, are you married? And they said no because oh, you see that you're having a baby, but you're 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 you're, uh, you're single on the application. Are you not married? No. So now the school knows more. So now they just really figure like you're really not gonna make it now because now you ain't got nobody that's really significantly with you. Now you got this baby coming, then you're talking about going to school. So they don't think the best way to get through that shit because you're gonna get you're gonna go through something with or without the child. But what I'm saying is the child is gonna make it slow down and make them not have interest in you no more in their school. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, because damn, they're they gonna be successful. Right, you didn't put up all these roadblocks and you just 20 years old. Right. You know, so they like, damn. Yeah. I mean, some of them make it. Don't get me wrong. There's been rare times where some of these kids that's 20. We're able to get over the hump, but not many is going to finish. Yeah, and, um, of course, you know, like, well, I think it's always been rough on a young mother, a young father, to start a family early, especially without support. But, like, there was once a time where maybe some families had more support, like someone who could come in, like a grandma, auntie, somebody, uh, uncle, somebody, grandpa, come in and assist. But now, and in, in what we're facing now, many many ha- are at work or trying to, you know, do other things. They, they don't even have um, the time to even dedicate. So who really, really loses in those situations is the little one. 
you know, who didn't ask it to be here. And now, you know, what what would their future be um, if they don't have anybody showing them the way, you know, giving them some ideas, you know, to, to make a decision on as they as they come up. But um, right, right. a lot of a lot of families are being born now. Decided this this year, um, this year loneliness. I think, you know, like I don't know if some of our young people even really want to really start a family per se. I don't know. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like I spoke to all young people. These people are young. They ain't even lived the life yet. But not only that, the parents haven't been effective on these twenty four and twenty seven and twenty nine year olds year old kids. They, the parents haven't been effective on them, so they're not listening to their parents, basically. Mm-hmm. And they and they end up pregnant or the guy end up got a girl pregnant. So now they got mm-hmm. a baby on them. And now they're right. trying to go to school or work and they making it harder for themselves because and all, not only just that, why would you want to bring a baby into this world already? Like where's the parents influence on the child telling them the truth about what's going on in this world and society about the recession and about how jobs are few even if you go to school to get the degree the d the ba or the associate or the master you know what i mean are you going to be able to get a job once you get that degree and most most times there's no unless you know somebody mm-hmm. right so if you be on the waiting list you be on the waiting list of trying to get this job in this uh, facility. They they'll get you in, but it might take eight, nine, ten months down the road. Right. So when well, you know, so like, then you come through university, and you know, it's taking him up until now. You know, to 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 be able because he's competing in the marketplace with our yeah. age group. Yeah, so, he competing. You know, he doesn't have years of experience. You know, under his belt. Yeah. He's competing with yeah. the other people that's got the they got the memo though. Right. Right. See they are right. they is they, they gone. They got the jobs already. That's already filled right. up. It's like it's like trying to go to school but all the classes is taken. Mm-hmm. They all filled up. You can't get in. Right. Well, you gotta wait like the next some semester. of our some of our young people don't even know about how to even network like like net, you know, like how to, um, you know, just just reach out beyond themselves, beyond um, their immediate friends. You know, try to like pursue places, internships, and volunteering opportunities. A way to kind of find, you know, more opportunities than just what's on um, the computer, because most of the stuff is on the on the computer now. Um, this, there's a lot of things that need to be addressed. Um, but the young person having a network, many of our young people do not have a strong network, meaning someone that they could come to even even talk about the type of degree you want. If you want to go to school, fine. But, like, the type of degree. Used to be a time we could go to school back during our time, and we could, we could kind of take a couple classes, see how it fits you. And, and we didn't really lose a great deal because it wasn't as expensive as it is now. Whereas by the time Elijah come up, I already knew, like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's going to have to really go for what he believes right now he is passionate about, you know, at least passionate about enough where he can, you know, go through all the way, get his, get his um, degree, but also not giving him false sense of security that getting that degree meant automatic job because <laughs> it does not mean automatic job. 
So, you know, but many of our young people don't have that. Like, you know, someone they could talk with, like, how about financial aid and (laughs) how about credit card debt? You know what I mean? Like um, financial literacy as, um, as Lavis puts it, you know, like a lot of things aren't quite in order. And here we are in a situation where you need all of that information going for you so you can make, you know, the best decision you can make, you know, in, in your, you know, from your respective position. Um, you know, cause just having money is not, I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. You have money, but, um, that doesn't mean you're going to make the, the best, um, you know, decisions with how to, um, put your money to work. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's stuff going on on all levels. I, I really feel I really feel bad for our young people. I don't pity them, and, and, and I'm not saying it like that, but I'm just saying they have a harder way to go, in my opinion, than what we had when we were their age. Like, um, like being Elijah's age, oh, I, I'm I'm moved out, married, the whole I'm gone. You know, I'm not I'm not in the in the nest anymore. Um, where Elijah, you know, his age group, I mean, the cost of living. I mean, no kids aside, like you didn't even. You know, you're not even starting a family. Like, just the cost of living, keeping you going. Um, so our young people need resources like information, good information. Like, <laughs> they need it badly. And and others, you know, being open to them, you know, like to say, you know, because some of, some of our young people are really, really trying. They're really trying. But um, they may not be getting full credit for it because some say, well, you know, the young people, they're not engaged. They're not, they're not, they don't work so hard. And I'm not saying some of that's not going on, but some of our young people have given up hope too. I mean, they're 28, 30, 33, you know, I don't know. It's, it's complicated. It's uh, complicated. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, that's why I be watching these folks, but it ain't. It's all. It seems like it's all set up to just have anybody. Most of the time, hopefully they they pushing you towards failing versus succeeding, and they throw all these uh, little little roadblocks in your way to hopefully discourage you to make you not want to do it, so you'll just go mm-hmm. on or go elsewhere. Why? Right. You know, they throw right. up a lot of detours a lot of detours in your life out here and they use these people. These people act like they they robotic or something like you know, they, they all look like and act the same, like they they have smirks on their face. Nothing about them is real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And these are the people that's following through with whatever evil agenda that's out here in society and they following through with it and thinking they doing it you know, good. But when you start messing with the spirit of the most high, then that's when they hold plan and then the whole, you know, evil foundation comes to an end. Mm-hmm. Cause then the most high take over. Well, some of our young people don't even know. They don't even know to be connected at that level. That, that that's why I, like, I know, like, I know. Cause the they, got, they gave them like, they gave them they gave them cell phones and computers and still you you're still using the factor that school is the way you're gonna get ahead when school is a way for them to find out who these kids is and try to find a way to detour them. Mm-hmm. School ain't just for education, it's they the 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 people are learning it by design how to keep these kids detoured 
from going over here where the real jobs are, right? So they got these teachers and and these colleges trying to act like they're diverse teachers, so they're cool with everybody, the, the, the black ones, the Mexican ones, the Asian people, the white people, everybody, right? And you and you turn in your, your 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 assignments and all these kind of things. You go to class and all this, and the teacher they got they looking and seeing who's in the class. They monitoring who's in the class. How many black folks? How many white folks? You know they count them all, and then they start detouring them. Hey, you know Johnny, I, I've been man, I, I liked your last uh, assignment. You know when you turned it in, I read it. That was really great, man. Hey, listen, you know when I was in college, you know I. Uh, I had this one teacher, and he told me to go this route. You know, and I think it would be good for you, too. You might want to look into this. See, and the child mm-hmm. takes that as a teacher-student relationship that this teacher is really trying to take care into helping this child get some information. Yeah, they're getting you the information on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself, why is that? Why is that? That's a good point. Well, I mean, you know, if so, you know, you hear me say good information a lot because <laughs> there is there are there is different types, different qualities <laughs> of information out here. Now, I know if we don't have good information, aka wisdom that we can work with, we are definitely um, if we if we try to put that to work, we're going to come up short um, because it's not it's not based in anything. Um, that you could do something with. It, it may sound good or even feel good for a minute, but there's a brick wall down here and you don't know. So that's a good point that you make. Um, I, I will say that uh, if someone doesn't mean you any well, um, mean, you, um, mean you any good and they're detouring you and you think that's help, you know, um, and you're trusting them because you think they're um, what I like to say is a safe bridge, but they like they're a rickety bridge or a draw bridge. Well, um, you're more exploitable if you don't have good if you if you're not putting good information to work. And um, yeah, if you could tear away somebody's um, spirit, um, somebody's um, sense of um, sense of self, you can set them back. You'll hinder them. Now I'm going I'm not gonna say you you gonna totally annihilate them because I believe that many of us can say someone stepped in and helped us along the way. Many um, helped us along the way to kind of weigh this out, answer some questions that we had, or we were in a situation where we learned something that um, we thought we knew, but that's not what it was. So um, I just feel that the home, the family structure, is where we're supposed to get a lot of this good information, where we're supposed to be able to, 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 and, of course, what our parents and grandparents may have taught us has changed a little bit, but there's some fundamentals in that that's still good, you know, today. Um, but our young people, they, you know, they may not, all of them may not have connection to that, like, you know, a family base where they could call on somebody without, without them having to do anything else to just show up and say they need help. They got a question, you know, without being ridiculed, told your question is stupid, you know, you're stupid, you know, um, no, nobody really, really want to hear that. I mean, you know, unless, unless maybe there's a reason to say that. But um, generally speaking, I don't believe our young people have um, enough safe bridges. So teachers might look like a safe bridge, or others in the community might look like a safe bridge. Some of them are, but we already know. 
Um, many are not. I'm someone to celebrate you. Our young people don't have enough cel- folks celebrating them. You know, like like their 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 smaller success. I'm not saying how um, our brother Reese says everybody gets a, a participation certificate. I don't mean it like that. I mean just saying, hey, I see you. I see you up every morning, and you and you you know you studying, or you up and you know you're looking for work, or you're taking classes, online classes, some kind of Votech, some some kind of something. You 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 are building resilience, and I see you. You know, and keep going because that is a life skill. You know, some may say, why are you doing that? That's stupid. You know, you stupid for doing that. Or ain't nothing going to happen. You know, you ain't going to get nowhere doing that. And so it's a lot of, and this is coming from out the house, out of your, out of your house. Or, you know, within your family network your, or group. So I don't, I don't really know all of the solution that's needed, but I do know. Um, a lot of folks are feeling isolated out here, and even some of us in our age group might be able to even connect to some of that back in the day, even for them when, you know, they were young. I don't really have a solid answer other than just be available. If you can help a young person, you know, don't, you know, like, like hold value in our future because that's who they are, you know. We're we keep breathing air. We're getting we're, we're um as young as we're gonna be, like right now. So let's invest in our future in a way that doesn't hinder them. Like it's hard on a young person not being able to move out of their house. Um, it's hard on a young person getting tossed out their house because child support not coming in anymore. And now somebody might feel they don't want to feed you now because there's no other money coming in. So you got to be put out because you know. It's like I, I can name a lot of things that I've heard and come to understand that have set a young person back. So do what we can to help a young person and um, try to listen to them um, to understand where they're at. And if we could help them or know someone who could help them, give them good information. Like don't, don't keep good information to yourself if, if you can help a young person. And if you don't know, don't act like you know because you're gonna you don't know and so you're gonna steer them in a direction that might sound right. But you know, hope I haven't said too much. Yeah, well you know you, you do a good job. Well, I think we're out here trying. <laughs> I think we're out here trying. But I do know some some folks um <laughs> are not trying. <laughs> And I mean, I'm not being judgmental. It's an observation. You're just talking bad on the young people, young person on the job. You know they don't have the skills. <laughs> you know they don't have it. We, we, you know, if we think back when we were their age, we didn't, we didn't know everything there was to know. We needed someone to, to help us, you know. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was nice yeah. to the, I, I always nice to the youngsters on the job. Because a lot of these youngsters that I worked with uh, here in San Diego, they're young enough to be my my uh, grandchild, let alone a child. Because, you know, they're like 20, some of them 20, you know, and some of them 18, 19, you know. Right. And even even the ones that's 30, I'm looking at them like, man, y'all some kids, man. But I talk to them, like, with respect, you know, like if they was a, 
grown person like we on the same team. So I always encourage yeah. the you know the, the kids. I give them high fives. I give them thumbs up. It's good to see you, man. I call their name. Hey, what's going on, Ginger? Right on, girl. I appreciate it. I'm glad you showed up. Right on, man. You was bagging great the last bag. I seen how you handled that. Right. You, that goes you a know, long way. You know, that's what I do. Yeah. That goes a long you know way. What I mean? That might be the only time they hear that, um, you know, that, that kind of encouragement. And but that, I know because, that. You know, but see, but see yeah. the, but the people around you that's hearing you do this, they start to getting jealous. Well, see, they own that, though, right? So that's what I mean. Well, no, I'm just saying, that's the, that's, the, that's the hatred, you know. That's the that's where the racism right. and the hatred comes in because, like I said, when you start doing things that management and directors are supposed to be doing and they're not doing it, then you as an employee, you start doing it, then they start getting mad at you because you – Pumping everybody up, you're giving them high fives, you're calling them by their names, saying how your day is. You know, every I say damn near, I, before I go to work, uh, when I walk in, it's about, and before I get to my station, it's about at least, at least 15 to 17 people I see through walking through the whole the whole facility that I'm saying hi to. Right. For real, I'm going to do this. Right. Right. How you doing, man? Good to see you, my brother. Hey, what's happening, my Right on, man. A good day to you, even the ones that don't speak. I walk past them. Right. Great to see you. And, man, another day. Right. You know what I mean? See, I, I don't give a fuck if they the say people. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. That's, you know, right. That That's not, that we don't own that part. Yeah, but I I don't think it's a supervisor manager's. Um, I think all of us are supposed to do that. Like I mean, like, like, like I don't think we got to get paid to do it either. You know what I mean? Like I, I got to get a check for me to be optimistic, you know, and encouraging. No, I think like you said, respect. You know, basically treating people with dignity. You know, a human being. You know, j- j- no different than us. You know. Um, right. You know, so so I uh, yeah, but I you know. I, uh, yeah. I I'm not in agreement with folks. Um, look, well, management got everybody going through something, but that don't it, mean it, you got to check it, it out. It, <laughs> everybody right, but see, if, but but if management ain't doing their job, okay, put it like this: say you got managers and directors, and they're not even looking at you when you walk by them. Oh, you right? They not even they not even saying hell. They not even saying hello to you. When you walk by, they hope you walk by without saying nothing. Right. Right. When you got this whole spirit in the store, everybody recognize it. It ain't, right. you know, everybody see it. So, so right. you know, when you go in there and you say hello to people, it's because that's your spirit. You got that in your spirit. I didn't know that I was going to be having to come in here like I'm the champ, Muhammad Ali, like I'm going to go into the boxing ring when I go right. in this place. These people just right. say hello to me. I I got love from uh, all kinds of people. I don't care where they're from. Right. You know, you show me respect, I'm going to show you respect. And I'm going to make sure to let you know I got the utmost respect for you. I'll hold doors open for you. I'll help you do something. If I see you drop something, I'll try to offer to help you pick it up. If you turn me down and say, oh, I got it, that's cool, but you're going to see me offer to help it. Right. 
Right. I don't play that type of shit with people because you don't know who those people are and you don't want them to feel uncomfortable that you're there. So you make them feel comfortable. It's okay to walk past me in the hallway because you know I done said hello to you a thousand times. You ain't afraid of Ali. Right. You know, right. but he, he, so you got to show something to keep the spirit up when you see that nasty, evil spirit in there where the people that's supposed to be the lead of stuff, they're not encouraging nobody there. Right. Not at all. So, no, it's not their job if they're doing it or if the store has got a good spirit. No, it ain't my job as an employee to go and try to think that the managers are supposed But when the managers, people looking up to these people, they're expecting these managers to train them in certain positions like they said they would when they got hired. Well, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of folks don't do that either. But I, I guess, like I'm saying, like I'm glad that you do that. I'm glad that you, you, you do your best to just be naturally. Hey, how are you? Like, good morning, or what, what, however you. That should be a job, Nicole. Yeah. That should be a, a job a person could get, and it is in a way. They got greeters and stuff when you walk into places. They pay people just to sit there and greet you when you walk in. They get paid well, to say hello. <laughs> right. But I do believe, like, there's nothing, like, it don't cost us nothing as humans. No, it don't cost you nothing. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, like, but to withhold that from someone, especially when it's your job, like you say, to train others, to have folks comfortable, like, like basically giving everybody their toolbox with real tools in it for the job, you know, because you say you want them to, folks to be successful, but you're not equipping right. them uh, with the tools to do their job. But now you want to bring them in the office and talk to them real slick, like, because they're not um, performing. And I'm not right. saying that you got to give every single tool. Yes, yes, I should show up to the job with some tools in my box. I wrote it all on my resume and put it on my application. Yes, I have some tools, but I may not have. I mean, who got all the tools? Don't nobody have all all of the tools. So, you know, part of that relationship, the professional relationship, I believe is supposed to be those opportunities, not just I talk to you and I have, you know, some sort of, you know, I want to write you up for something or, or you know, like, um, you know, whatever else is going on with that. But, um, you know, and I, it, it's just, like I say, it's, it's a lot. Now, a young person, they don't, you know, we know, we know they need some tools. We know they need some tools. And and some good ones because it's a life skill and it's not really even about j- this job. It's not their forever job, but they can learn a lot while they're here. They can learn a lot about life skills. They can learn about a, a lot about many things just by being around those of us who said we we want to work here so we can help others. <laughs> but well, you know, everybody's not trying to help others. Saying. Right. That's what I'm saying. So so mm-hmm. they shouldn't be lying. They shouldn't be lying in the interview saying that they like working with people and they really want to help people just to get a job, to get the pay. And then when you get right. the job, you know, damn well, you don't like people you at like all. People. Right. Not, you know, right. Not because you don't like people at all. Then you start treating people with disrespect. You hang up. Cause like if they got a call here, say people got to call in to get their money. Right. And they calling mm-hmm. in, but you don't like people, but you told them in the interview that you did, and now you hanging up on these people. Right, right, right. But for nothing, for nothing they did. No, it's because you you didn't really show you're not who you say you are. Right, in, in, in this right, situation. and so so that, 
Right. And so they got different right. ways of fucking with people. But then they got some people, like I said, you know, in certain jobs where uh, a lot of the color people, when I say color, I mean people that's like, you know, who say they Hispanic or, you know, Mexican or, or, or black, African, and whatever they want to call themselves, when they got certain positions and situations, you got a lot of people that are alert, right? And so when they come into these places and they see these, you know, different colors of people working in certain positions, then that's when they start to want to get enticed on how did they get this job? You know, mm-hmm. why are they here? So they start asking stuff, asking these people questions that they ain't got nothing to do with what they coming into this facility for. Now it becomes, oh, you know, I, uh, are those, did you get those jeans yourself? And you'll say something like, huh, my jeans? Oh, I don't mean to get you mad or anything. I was just wondering about your jeans, you know. Um, but anyway, do you know where the bathroom is? You see what I'm saying? Do you, do you see this right. demon I'm showing you? Right. Right. And then after oh. that, you go back and then you tell the manager or the supervisor, yeah, that guy I, or the lady I was just speaking with, yeah, she wasn't very helpful. He wasn't very helpful. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. That's what they do. Now, now I believe management, part of that professional relationship is you you have taken the time to the best of your ability. I know there's so much to do in a, in a day, but you, you've done some, some due diligence to know your staff. So, like to say, that, like, there okay, you go. There you right? go. So the you following call, me? Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> the school called me one time when Elijah was young. They said Elijah's out there putting uh, post-it notes on people's backs with derogatory terms. Now, I'm Elijah's mother. I love him. Okay, you know I love I love Elijah. But what I am saying to you is, I also know Elijah. You know he's a human being. He's his own person. Now, here's what I do, do know: Elijah having stuck a post-it note. Nobody's back with a derogatory term, other than maybe if they were pranking or something like you know kick me or something like that. Maybe that was a stretch. Maybe, but they hit the button, so I got to go down to the school. Now all I asked for is that they had, because um, because they said it was him and, and, and some other young people, and I was like I didn't even really know Elijah was um, hanging out with them, but okay, I'm coming down to you. Hit the button. So, you know, I'm not going to throw it. Not my child. You know, I ain't coming down there. No, no, I'm, I'm on my way. So I, I took off work, come on down there. We'll come to find out, no, okay, it wasn't Elijah. But what I asked before I got there to the vice principal was to have all the parents there, you know, because so it's a chance for me to meet some of the other children's parents. And, you know, let's, talk, let's, let's come on down. So I get there. Nobody is there but me. And um, then they've done a little bit of, like, what they probably should have done, well, what I will say, what they should have done before they uh, called. But, um, yeah, come to find out, Elijah has stuck no post and no, on nobody's back. But, but, the thing, but the thing about it is I said to the vice principal, I said, well, I mean, you know, I kind of would have thought maybe, you know, Elijah would be going to school here, you know, like five years. I think he, this might have been fifth grade or, or let me think. This might have been fourth or fifth grade, something like that. 
Elijah remembers maybe, but something like he was a youngster. And she told me, well, you know, I have 350, you know, um, students here. You know, I, I, um, I, I don't have um, time to know to know them. I said, well, you know, to me, you know, I'm saying, well, it sounds like you need some some opportunities to to be able to do that because that's going to cut down on other things, in my opinion. I'm not a vice principal, but I'm just saying people knowing those around you. And um, I was disappointed to hear her tell me that she didn't really have anything in place to know the young people. Like, not just Elijah. I'm talking about to, to, you know, to, to spend time with them. Right. She's a vice principal. Right. You know, right. and, and she's looking at me like, what you mean? You're 350 kids here. You know, and, and I'm right. saying like, I understand. You know, I mean, yeah, but, um, you know, now yeah, suppose, that's the problem. Um, so the people right. don't want to get to know, they don't want to get to know who's around them. So that's the problem. And that's what I'm saying. You got some folks that know the person, and then you got some folks that don't know the person, but also that they, they don't know them, they don't want to know the person either. So, so when people come say shit about a person, you tend to believe whatever they're saying because you haven't took time out to try to know your students or your employees or fellow employees. You don't know these people. Right. So you're just going to take, but then that's when you're supposed to go to the supervisors and people that work around this person and ask them about this person that this other person said something about and see what they say because they work with the person all day long in the same area. Right. But they won't do that. That's what I'm saying. They won't do that. They just want to get you up. That's why they got that at-will law in California. And I don't know who voted for that shit, but it's allowing these employers to try to get rid of somebody immediately. Right. Right, I ha- I have to look that up um, about at will um, when it when it was enacted, but I know about it of course. But when I don't know, but I'll I'll find that out. We'll, we'll learn with that when did that get started. But um, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, definitely, um, it, it it hinders morale when you know so, you know where somebody could just on a little bit of due diligence, just a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not saying you got to know a person's co- complete life story, but know their working style, their communication style, because you are, you know, taking time out to, to at least put in some kind of time, even if it's just a few minutes. I mean, you're working together every, you know, practically every day. You know, like, I mean, I just feel like we could do a little bit better um, in a, in a not, lot of though. situations. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They're not. They're not doing it. And it's a lot of employers and facilities that are not doing it. So what they create is what they call a hostile work environment. Exactly. Right. right. And then which, this creates – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, which basically, you know, it, it weakens morale in a lot of people. Like, you know, now you hate, you know, you hate coming to work because there's always some nonsense when you come down here. You know, and, and or certain things are allowed to happen for, for, for us, but not, you know, like, but, you know, same type of circumstance. You know, seems like you know nobody's talking with them. You know, so it, right. it creates a yeah, like you say, hostile work environment. But but you are right. You touched on this earlier. Some people think that that is um, a strong management style to create um, hostile environments. 
like an environment of of distrust. They they, they feel that uh, that's um, beneficial. Some some right. some do believe that that is a proper working style. So you know, it's, you know, it's interesting. But, but put a young person in that position, you know. Hang on, here comes Elijah. Put put a young person in that position, and then and then um, you know they don't know any better. Um, you know they might not know any better. I'm not I'm not saying all young people are not familiar with um with um toxic behavior. But what I am saying about it is now they're trying to keep a job. But you know like um like like even the go along to get along um uh to some degree I understand that. But then some people take that thing way down the we doing way too much to get along, and at the end you still not going to get along. Yeah, it's a, it's another not a good situation to have because it causes a lot of issues for the whole situation. But, um, right. you know, like I said, I've been trying to tell people nowadays, I'm like, shit, like I was telling myself, I'm like, shit, I might just go on back to school and learn something for about a couple of years and then get back out there in the work field. And that way, when they got this at will law and anything else that they might come up with, you try to get past five to six or seven months on a job that you're taking home at least forty nine or forty eight hundred dollars a month, and you're able to stack that money some kind of way, then you know because they it, the problem exists. It doesn't matter what job it is. Oh right. The problem is still exists. Mhm. Yeah. So so my thing is to, to so <laughs> right. So I'm, my thing is to get the job that's paying the most or a little bit more than the jobs you've been getting. Uh, that way, when they play this little game, you got more money that you didn't save versus less money because they're going to play the game with you. So I'd rather have 70000 than to have 20000 mm-hmm. So that's, that's well, why I'm like, go to school. Go to school because the game exists. Go to school, learn a couple of things, get a little little degree on their motherfucking ass, you know what I'm saying, and get on out there. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and and get out there and find your job real quick because the game is they filling the jobs up just as fast as they filling up the schools or the students that want to go learn whatever program it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the only person that's going to get it is the ones that get there first. So you got to be doing your research, trying to get to know people and shit you know, and hopefully they'll have a position or create something when you come in, and hopefully you can keep it for a while. Because most of the time, for a, for a child of color, that that you know, in any color, I don't, it don't matter what color, a child of color will have issues trying to use their degree that they went to school for for a long period of time. It will be sabotaged. Okay. So then, if if that if that is if that's what you know you're saying, and that's how you feel about it, right? So then, if anybody else feels that way, I would say you want to diversify your degree. Like don't 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 rely solely solely on um solely on it. See, sir. Oh wait, three o'clock, right? Yeah. So um yeah, I would say yeah. I think you diver- have a variety, right? Mm-hmm. You you you, you got you you you're playing the coochie man at night. And then you play in the, the the exotic dancer in the daytime, and then you over there working at the then you over there working at the sushi bar in the afternoon. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? I understand. Got to have a gang of, gang of hats out there. That way, you know, you, you, you last three, three months over here, three months over there, two and a half months over there, you last four over there, and then three over there, and the year is over, and you didn't have five different hats you didn't wore. No, no, no. Okay, so... <laughs> Not exactly. I think jumping from job to job is cool, though. I, I think getting working at one job for a long period of time, you get burnt out. Anyway, I say about a good seven to eight months is the longest a motherfucker needs to be at a job and go get another one. Well, now, Cuddles, I do know that's part of your philosophy. I'm not saying anything about that because that's working for you. Um, now, the thing that you said just before that, though, I'm just saying that is not exactly what I meant when I said <laughs> to diversify. However, oh, okay, very my bad. To what I was saying, I didn't mean to, yeah, I didn't mean to saying, throw the coochie no, no. man in there. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> right, no, no. Okay, because you know, there's a lot of energy go with them cookies, so you can't just be. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, boy. <laughs> a lot of energy go with them cookies, girl. No, no. no. So hold on. Hold on. A pack of the pack of the pack of the pack of the bang 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 bang. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you were doing good. You were doing so good. Okay, I'm doing okay. good now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I said, I'm doing wonderful Diversifying. now. <laughs> Diversifying um, one's skills. I didn't mean that, but I, I'm talking about a particular set of skills that, you know, you when you go to bed at night, you know, you can say, look, you know, I'm I'm cool with all the decisions I made today or maybe nine out of ten. I'm good. I'll work on that other one tomorrow, but I'm not saying put yourself out there. It's free will, so make it how you going to make it. We adult. But what I am saying is, like you said, go back to school, right? And and what you said before that, that, you know, there may be a situation with um, sabotaging one. Uh, one will have more barriers to maximizing their degree. That's, that's more like it, um, what I believe you said. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So with mm-hmm. that being said, I'm saying, okay, okay. So then I'm saying diversify, meaning you have yourself um, a business, yes, entrepreneurial um, endeavors. Yeah, that entrepreneurship, that, that, that entrepreneurship, <laughs> that entrepreneurship yeah. is some bullshit too if you ain't got no money already. If you ain't got no money already or nobody really going to invest in what you're doing immediately, that entrepreneurship, you just be a motherfucker with a business card with no business. <laughs> okay. I know it. I've okay. seen a lot of motherfuckers. I've seen a lots of motherfuckers with a briefcase and business cards and, and trench coats. And trust me, them motherfuckers ain't made a dime. They talking about the same shit they was talking about in 84 right now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So that means to say that um, there's a lot of doctors do- I know. <laughs> I know Dr. Well, Cola, Dr. Irene, Dr. Abraham, Dr. All these motherfucking doctors, and ain't none of them motherfuckers got a car. No, maybe they want to reduce. <laughs> maybe they want to minimize their carbon footprint. Cuddles. Yeah, I <laughs> bet. They always ask footprint. me for rides and shit. They on foot. <laughs> Fuck well, that. Okay, so all right. Now I'm not saying all business. Okay, I'm. I'm okay. <laughs> wow. So you you make sense. There's a lot of entrepreneurial motherfuckers point. out there, Nicole. <laughs> yes, they're full of I shit. Know, Even the youngsters, <laughs> they got these motherfucking uh, glossy cards they got now for these youngsters. They glossy and shit. They look good. Motherfucker talking about they do this. You call this motherfucker, 
and the motherfucker don't even answer the phone. And then when they answer the phone, they act they talking to some girl in the background. I'm like, look, nigga, are you, is you doing business or is you talking in the background? Business, right, right. So, okay, <laughs> I am not against what you're saying. There is there is a percentage of this in the earth. I do understand, but I do want to say this, Cuddles. There are some things that, that you could do without having to have a lot of upfront um, monies um, involved. But you do need you may, maybe you know some kind of startup. Uh, what you gonna money. do? What you gonna do? Okay. Sell some cookies? No, no. <laughs> well, hold up now. You gonna sell some no. cookies? <laughs> no, you got, no. You got, so, you, 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 so you gonna Cuddles, get you some no. flour and shit from the store? <laughs> <laughs> No, what so that's what motherfuckers is... first start doing. I'm gonna go into the food because I can cook. Then you got motherfuckers okay. that say they want to go. If that don't work, then they want to go into the beauty salon and the barber shop shit. Oh, you know they ain't right got no now. other way. These motherfuckers is flooding. You know how many niggas I know got motherfucking barber shops. <laughs> well, okay. Right, so there is some oversaturating going on. Okay, you, you got to, there is some. That's all there is is saturated shit. <laughs> okay. Motherfucker, a, a hairdresser get mad at one hairdresser in the goddamn salon, so she move across town. You're like, fuck that bitch. I didn't like her clients no way. That mama wanted me to do her hair anyway. <laughs> I seen them. Well, all right. I'm not against. So a restaurant thing. then, huh? We're going to get a, a a motherfucking Creole restaurant. Before we before we get the Creole restaurant, I would suggest that we do our due diligence. Where you drop this Creole restaurant is very, very important, okay? Like you said, if there's 20 Creole restaurants on the block, maybe not this block. But I'm not saying no Creole restaurant. If that is, you know, you, you have the tool set, the warehouse, whatever, you can't say that to be able to, um, but you got to do more. Okay, so we all know the business is more than just the, the, the passion part of it. There's the paperwork side of it. There's different types of things. You know, you, there's a lot that go into business. And Listen, you, it, it's like I a hear child, what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You can't put no fish market in Beverly Hills, okay? They're not fucking with you over there. So well, you got all these fish markets in the hood on Crenshaw, but ain't none of them in Beverly Hills. So, you know why? Because okay. Beverly Hills, why? no matter if you got the paperwork right or whatever you got, they're going to get your ass up out of there. Okay, but they do come down to Crenshaw. Some of some of those good folks in Beverly Hills, they do come, saunter on over to um, Beverly Hills. Um, no, they Crenshaw. don't. They send a motherfucking black butler over there to get the okay, food for them. Okay, okay, okay. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the they day, they send that nigga over there in the Bentley. They send this nigga over there in the Bentley, and when soon as he get past uh, Beverly Drive and he get down to La Cienega, he pull over. He changed his shirt, he put the seat back, and now he riding through the hood over there trying to go get some uh, fish and chips for the white folks, acting like it's his car. Okay. Now, now, so I can't, I can't account for, I can't account for um, the gentleman who's now, you know, basically, 
uh, <laughs> saying he live a lifestyle that that's really not his. Okay, that's a whole nother thing that we can certainly discuss. <laughs> but what I am saying is, okay, they don't want the they don't want the fish um, uh, spot in Beverly Hills, but they will nope. get to the fish spot. Um, like you said, they sent they sent um, their employees. They sent Raheem or Julio. <laughs> Why his name gotta be Raheem? Why his name gotta That's be Raheem? Okay. White folks like white folks like boys with serious names. Oh, okay. They don't want a no motherfucker named John or, or Larry. They want a motherfucker named Raheem or Ali or motherfucking uh, 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 Bobby. They so, fuck with Bobby. Well, they they okay, Robert. We got you. So here now, here's something I just want to just go back to. So you know you have would you would it, um what's the name? Oh, here they come. They going to get them a motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> go on, he, he's right there. That, that it is. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Nicole. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who on the block, but I I hear the people looking. But now I want to say I'm over here in Compton. You in Compton? Okay. <laughs> So what I wanted, what I wanted to was, so you know how you got a pet, you got a pet service, right? You got a, you got a pet care service, and I'm saying you're solving the problem. You're solving the problem. Oh, yeah, but see, but be, see, it's a strategy that I use though. Nobody knows here, is my boom. pet city. Booyah! That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Nobody I, knows I about that. You know why they don't know? Because I, 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 somebody it. else is a forefront. I ain't going to speak too much on this radio, but somebody else is a forefront <laughs> for my uh, fabulous pet sitting business. Yes. And it's rolling yes. properly, and don't nobody know it's me. There you go. So what I was trying to say to what you said earlier was just what you're saying now, strategy. So you, you and, and would you agree that you didn't need a great deal of money to get that business as successful as it is? And congratulations to you. Um, you didn't need a tremendous amount of money to get that up off the ground. But what you did need is you <laughs> um, putting in the time, um, energy, and work to get that up off the ground and keep it, you know, the diligence to, to it. To well, you know, i got to tell you, Nicole, I have lost a few jobs because, like I said, the people didn't know it was my business. And when the, folk, when the, the front people went and made the deals on some of these pet-setting jobs, you know, they sent me over there. Yes. To do the job, right? I understand. And and yes. and then and then and the forefront people let them know that you know sometimes we might not be able to make it. We might have to send the assistant such and such. So they knew they knew of me and my name, but they never saw me. And so when I got sent to some of the jobs to do, sometimes the people I guess they saw me on a ring camera, or some of the neighbors mm-hmm. might have told them what I looked like. And then they went yeah. and called the, the the forefront people and told them, oh, please don't send him back over to my place anymore. Well, see, okay. And, hey, they get to do that, right? That's the kind of business you don't want anyway because it's, it's a problem, okay? Because they don't have anything well, no, to I, do with I, just, I, just, I, just, I just send somebody they like. You know, I don't, we don't get well, mad okay. and say, oh, fuck you, you funky-ass old rotten winkle-down oh, motherfucker. No, we don't go no, there. No. We don't go there. We leave that they alone. And so we send them a motherfucker that they like. Oh, you don't like Larry, okay. but you like Tommy? Tommy cool? Okay, Tommy, you go over there. You do the shit all the time, nigga. <laughs> Tommy, glad to go. Okay? 
So I'm saying, but, you know, if it turned, if it was up to you and there was no one else, well, you, hey, that's not going to work for your business model. It's, it's totally fine. You know, folks get to make their, you know, consumer decisions out here. Um, but I, but what, I, what, what I am saying about that is strategy, even, even in what you just said, um, how to accommodate a situation without taking things personal. Um, you know, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of things um, that could be said. Um, now, for those who still have their briefcase and trench coat from the 80s and their, their business card is kind of um, faded. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so well, them motherfuckers there. No, business cards ain't faded. That's the shit now. Oh, they now. got fresh cards? They got, well, I, they got I'm fresh the cards. The 80s. They still <laughs> oh. got a motherfucking rubber band around them. I, I'm talking about the ones that are still on Hotmail and and, and um and AOL. Oh, yeah, my fucking not, but yeah, I, yeah, no my got a, Shit, I still got <laughs> a pager. <laughs> okay, but here's what I'm saying. Here's what I believe. I I, I can say this to you. You tell me if I'm wrong, because only you can answer. All right. If you found that that pager was was okay was once good for business, but now you need a cell phone in order to do business a little bit faster than the pager. I'm saying Mm -hmm. I believe you would make the adjustments necessary for your business to be successful. In other words, you, you, you are going to make adjustments in your business that makes sense for your business to continue. If you wish to continue in business. Now, some say, look, well, you I know, got this I don't, I disagree with you, lady. I disagree with you, lady, because I can go to the train station and use yeah. the phone booths that they have at the train station still, and I set up <laughs> office at the phone booths at the train stations. <laughs> I'm glad that works for you, but as you are aware, I still use my nickels, dimes, quarters. <laughs> the phone booth is not everywhere. Um, oh, I go to my office. My <laughs> office is at the train station. Um, okay, I'm not against it. That probably and I got on my uh, suit and tie, know. and I step in that motherfucker <laughs> like Superman. You got a physical phone booth, like the door shut? Yeah, you don't know. You ain't been to the train station, girl? I've been, I, okay, wait a minute. It's been a minute since I've been to the train station. Go down to the train station, nigga. They got phone booths in the train station. Oh, Especially well, in Los okay. Angeles. You know Especially I'm out here in, in San Diego. <laughs> you know I'm out here. Okay, so first and foremost, you know that I'm out here, um, <laughs> you know that I'm out here, um, I'm in the country, okay? <laughs> um, so we, we don't really, we don't really have, I haven't really seen any phone booths per se. I don't, oh, so you've been, you been kidnapped for about home. nine years. The nigga just let you go last week? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. So, I see because you, you know, and Elijah talking like you ain't seen each other in 30 years. How long you been missing? <laughs> I, no, no. I, I've been here. I'm a little late on some stuff now. Now, now our brother Jeffroni is laughing at you right now. He's laughing at you talking about um, he said train stations. Train stations can get you can get you killed, Jefferoni. No, mm-hmm. not at the not at the phone booth. You close the door, nigga. They can't do. It. They got they got police at the train station. <laughs> well, there you go. There's security. You didn't have to put them I on payroll. I ain't the trolley I, station. I, I, I ain't talking about the transit <laughs> trolley station. I said the train Amtrak. You know the train well, station over there we don't, on Union yeah. Street. 
we'll say, okay, I know about, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. But, but okay, but the Union, Union Street train station is still, um, they still have the chairs and everything. It's still, it's nostalgic. They're still keeping it in step with the old school, the way everybody grew up knowing Union Street. But everybody don't have Union Street. Um, so you're, but the they got the phone booth, though. They do. They're very nice. If I if I if I recall, and the train station um, in San Diego got phone booths. So when I go there, see, I get I, on the phone booth. Okay, I just all right. So all right, everybody don't have that quite like that. I don't think, right? But what you mean? I they need to go is, get. They got to go where it's at. You can still be in business. There's no <laughs> way to stop yourself. You can get out there and make it happen. I, I agree with you. All I'm all I. All I was trying to say was just that, but you, you know you got to have a strategy, but you got to be able to to adjust your strategy when um, things aren't working the way they used to. You have to make some kind of adjustment. Whether you you changing up your marketing style, you changing up you know the services that you offer to your clients. You know, I mean, so and, and I am saying not every business needs a tremendous amount of money to get started. Like um, I've been encouraged to. Uh, get you going to say doing research for others as a business because folks call me for that. They don't call me. They don't be calling me to be cooking them nothing. Nobody call for no peach cobblers or none of that. They call me to know who do I know that can do that. Mm-hmm. Folks call me to connect Listen, to other people. But, all you gotta you know, do is call the grassroots way people. Whatever that's gonna okay. be done out there is still a grassroots way to get it done. Yes, I agree with you. But some people may just limit themselves to just that only for their business when there are other yeah, that's, that's why they be fucking up. That's why these candidates be losing, too. They didn't try to change up the goddamn campaign. I had to go in there and cuss these motherfuckers out. They talking about, oh, Ali, do you have a, um, an Android phone? So the Android phone for what? Well, we can send you the messages and give you the li- I said, listen. I'm old school. Hand me a real live list right now. I don't want to go through all that bullshit y'all talking about with the phones and all that shit. Because if the shit, if the batteries run dead, then what I'm gonna do? I got to I'm keep working. Char- <laughs> and so the motherfuckers started laughing, like and they went. And guess what? They went and got me a paper a list. list. That's right. I ain't got time for that bullshit. I'm a real motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you get an email, that don't make you an unreal phone follow. I'm just saying, hey, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not a phone dude, email. though, so I only okay. got a phone to answer and call. And a lot of times when I'm working, I'm not going to answer shit. I'm working. Well, that's right. That's absolutely And so I, I don't I, even I, have I the phone. You'll never see my face in a phone or my head down on the phone. Nowhere at no job. Never. Right. Right. I, I told Even you when they got that. a phone up there at the damn job, they said, oh, we want you to check the phone. I said, man, I don't need no goddamn phone. Y'all ain't got no clock or nothing. Nigga, what the fuck I want to fuck with this phone for? <laughs> goddamn. Oh. Give me a motherfucking time. I said, I want to I wanna, uh, write my uh, time in. Shit. So I use a damn, I, do, I use a write-in sheet, a sign-in sheet, a, a sign-out sheet. That's what I was using. I love that shit. Okay, okay. Now, they made accommodations for you. They had a strategy that accommodated you. They didn't just say, look, you got to use the e-clock, and that's it. 
they accommodated you. Now, you know. Well, no, they, they they co- these motherfuckers ain't accommodated shit. I had to su- when I suggest, suggest when I got a suggested because they ain't doing it, they ain't accommodating nothing. <laughs> well, the accommodation cut off when they told you, yes, Yes, we'll get you a paper time slip, a timesheet. Fill it in each day. Well, they knew. Me. They knew. They only did that because of my, because they knew my skills. See, they didn't want to lose a real campaign, nigga, bro. Okay, all right. You so know what I'm saying? I know how to talk to so everybody. So they they right. won't they went and got that that real list because they said, man, we can't have Ali walk up out of here because then we in trouble. And, you, and, and, and if his spirit ain't here, and he ain't out here running like he do, and getting these people to to do whatever we need him to do, then we in trouble. Okay. Well, I'm glad they appreciate. Every time it. they put me off the team, guess what happened to them? They lost. Um, they, okay. <laughs> so so cut off. The U.S. Census is online now. You could do it on your phone, or you you could do it online. Nah, I know. They want to make it convenient for a motherfucker. And guess what? Every time that shit show up on my phone, guess what? I block what? that shit. <laughs> I send it. I report the spam. <laughs> and, and Every time I go that. to the doctor's office, they're asking yeah. me if I want a shot, a vaccine. I said, man, if you ask me about a shot, next time I come up here, I'm not coming back to your office no more. They put a note in your chart. Don't ask me about no goddamn shot. They put a note in your chart. Now, our brother Jeffroni is laughing, and he says, when I was 12 years old, my buddy and I ran away from Manhattan Beach to San Diego. My granny gave me some postage stamps worth $30. I cashed them in and bought two bus tickets. We got to the bus station at 8 p.m. He said it was uh, uh, dark as hell. Uh, we sat down on a bench to decide what to do next. Two minutes later, a full-grown adult man came over and sat down next to us and started asking very suspicious questions. He was a pie cake (laughs) trying to get a little uh, frosting. Um, There's some other words here, and he says, next thing I know, (laughs) I was on the phone to my mom asking her to uh, come and get us. And um, to you, King Jeffrey, I hope mom was able to come and get you. Oh, oh, he said, here's what mom did. She called the San Diego police, and they came and picked us up. <laughs> All right. And everybody learned something that night. <laughs> see, yeah, Jeffrey changed his see. strategy. You see that? He had a yeah, plan. Yeah, Jeffrey had to change his strategy. He had that <laughs> pie cake had offering. That pie cake was offering him an ice cream cone. See that? No, no. There you go. He said, said, what is your name, young man? I have this ice cream. What do you want? Chocolate, vanilla, or caramel? You can have all three. Come over by this. Come by my van. Come over here by my van. No, no, don't do not don't do that. And and uh, he's don't laughing. Be, uh, your mother, your mother's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Your mother will be. A, your mother would approve. <laughs> she likes ice cream. <laughs> we all like ice cream. No, thank you. Um, and and our brother's laughing in a, in agreement with you. And I guess the moral of the lesson he says was no more running away. And congratulations to you, King Jefferoni. And props to mom. 
for mm-hmm. not getting well, <laughs> If you go back right now, Jeff, we're into that same spot. That same pie cake is going to show up and try to get you in his van to this day. <laughs> going back over there, Jeff Ronnie. Well, I, we don't want to send. We don't want to send him. <laughs> I, I want to send him over there. And Ronnie as a grown him. man, so that so no, a no, grown no. man pie cake can offer him an ice cream cone over on the side of the gas station by the green van. He might get a pie in his eye for, for the lie, <laughs> but um, yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. King Jeffroni, I see what you wrote. You said no more hitchhiking either. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> I had to re, you had to restrat real quick. So glad that you were able to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. <sighs> and you know, to anyone else who's listening uh, right now, you're um, hopefully enjoying the third hour of po- uh, power. Cuddles is uh, exercising his niceties. Okay, he's doing the best that he can and doing a great job. Kudos to him. <laughs> Plankton is still MIA, so you know his phone's going to ring. I don't know where Scissors went. He done cut up out of here. I don't know where he's gone to exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, Lavis must be extremely busy because we haven't heard from him. So, uh, yeah, it's just a wonderful day here on Therapy Thursday. And, um, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying the uh, discussion. <laughs> we are definitely... Uh, 22 minutes past the promise of 11. I can say that now because Cuddles got me on hold. It's 1122 California, and uh, blessings to everyone. Yeah, and what did you say, King Jeff? You said um, you said uh, it, it took you three seconds to re, re, uh, restrat. That's hey. That means you've seen the situation, you you reassessed, and you went in a different direction real quick. <laughs> Um, you said, oh, you, you're impressed, King of Jeffrey. Bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Um, it says here, Pringle Wrinkle back out of the, it's back out of character today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So I, I will, I will be asking um, Cuddles at some point. Um, why is he single as a, a Pringle? I, I do wish to know this because. Um, you know, but you know, you, you got to tread light, and you got to tread light, because it depends on how you know Cuddles feels. You know, if he's gonna want to answer the question today. But hey, he shared a lot here in the third hour of power, and that's awesome. Anytime, um, any of us wish to I share something. Shit. Everything y'all told you was a goddamn lie. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I said was a goddamn lie. You did share today, Cuddles. You did. You shared share today. That. You did get here today. It's all lies. <laughs> no. No. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You cut up. Shit. You you cut up. But a liar you are not. You're not a liar. Okay, now, sometimes you might mis- misread a situation. Okay? No. However, I'm not – but an outright – only when you just, you know, um, just being uh, – just, you know, a bucket head, um, <laughs> did you say other things? But at the end of the day, no, a liar you are not. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to hang around you if I thought you know. <laughs> well, how are you going to not call me liar but then call me a bucket head? I don't understand. Well, because there's a difference. There's a difference. So let me give you an example. Great question. Here's an example of you being a bucket head. I'm going to give it to you right now. And I know, I know, I know. You're going to put me on the mute list before I tell you. Hold on. You proceed. Okay. And then I'm going to get my stick while you keep talking. Go ahead. <laughs> You'll be, you won't strike me. I'm going to punch you in your lower lumbar. You strike me. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's a bucket head example. 
I said I'm going to get my stick. I didn't say I was striking anybody. Well, I mean, you just out of nowhere. You talking about getting a stick? I'm just like you. you don't, I like you, look, it. I'm from the street. You said you're getting a stick. I just want to make sure people. <laughs> well, you you, I like you do enjoy nature. Yes, you do. <laughs> but when people are talking, I like to have a stick in my hand when others talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can crack them over the head. But here's the thing. Let me prove it to you. I'm gonna prove it to you. Here's a buckethead example, Cuddles. Our sister Mary, you said to our sister Mary, you, you, you got on the board, and okay, she did it one time. She did do it one time. And when, when you brought that to her attention and said, you know, hey, that's not how we do it here, she apologized. But then you felt your motherfucker lied. She said she did not do it. See? One time she said she did do it. She did. She was up front nah, one time. She, she be lying. She ain't never said shit. I told her she did the shit. Jay King she tried did. to protect her. For some reason, Jay King liked to protect big old white girls. Wait a minute now. See? <laughs> Now, that can go into the bucket-headedness of our topic right it's now. It's not wrong with protecting no big old white girl, though. I mean, you know, i got a whole bunch of big old white girls. they my partners. <laughs> now, here's the thing, Cuddles. Here's the thing. When our sisters didn't do it the next time around, you took a whole sabbatical. You did. You was gone for almost two weeks. You know I know. And not really because of that solely, but because you was really, really thinking, I think, at the time that it really did happen. Now, let's, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to, like, give you, I'm going to give you all your props. Since then, you, know, you haven't accepted this directly. I understand. this shit. you talking about I was really thinking. I've seen it happen in real life and in real time. I'm on the board. I saw what happened. Cuddles. You I don't think I think. Well, I mean, in all fairness, what I'm saying, I'm going to hang up on your ass. We was out <laughs> at that time and that big motherfucker up. I'm out of here. Tell Elijah I said, happy day, Elijah. I'm out of here. Your mama's on one. I'll tell him. I, I go get him at 3. And he worked at 6 o'clock this morning. Um, so he gets off at 3 today. But I'll tell him. I'll be certain to do it. Um, love you. And it's a wonderful talking with you today. Thank you, Cuddles. Tomorrow I'll have a new question for you. Love everyone. And enjoy your afternoon.